All right, we're recording. <laughs> so I'm sitting here today with Mr. Jacob Pfeiffer. He is our local, I guess not too local, but he's one of the like three union guys I actually know personally. So he said he would come in, talk a little bit about what he does, the union, how it works, his trajectory. And uh, it'll kind of be interesting because it's, it's also, uh, he works in a trade that we haven't had on here yet or really even talked about. So tell us some more. All right. Well, I'm a union plumber. Uh, I don't know. So by plumber, let's start here. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I think a lot of people's picture of a plumber is a guy who unclogs a toilet. Yeah. That's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so I think maybe you should touch on that a little bit and let people know like what kind of plumbing you do. Cause yeah, I know a lot of people who think, like I said, Right. You, you think plumber, you think, hey, come on, clog my main line behind right. my house or come suck out my septic <clears throat> tank. And there's a, it's like air conditioning. A lot of people think, oh, you put air conditioners in houses. It's like, right. you, you think commercial buildings cool themselves and it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Well, there's the residential plumbers and you got commercial plumbers. I'm more on the commercial side of things. Um, I haven't done any like high rises or anything yet. Well, I've done like a five story high rise, but that's about as big as it's gotten for me because I work for a little mod pa shop you know there's only about a handful of us guys so you do new construction yeah new that, construction is that it yeah well i mean we're like i said we're such a small shop that i've done a little residential stuff i've touched it but mainly it's just like remodels and new construction i gotcha mm -hmm. so what what exactly do you do do you just lay pipe what do you i do it all man i can excavate i can so how pipe, much, I can. So yeah. how much operating do you do? Mm, it depends on the job. Like right now, um, we're it's probably the biggest job our company's ever had, piping wise. And right now, I'm running the excavator. We got two excavators running right now. Me and another guy are running excavators and watching other guys lay the pipe. You know, as we, you know, behind us as we dig. You know, so it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> so uh. I guess that's an interesting aspect. A lot of people wouldn't think you say you're a plumber and then you get to run an excavator. Right, yeah. Well, I'm not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> is that a union thing? Or yeah. Is that just a well, yeah, it's a union thing. I'm not supposed to be running the, the equipment. You know, usually bigger shops will hire a, another union guy, a, like an operator union guy to come out and dig the trench for us while we lay the pipe and, you know, keep those union brothers and sisters working, you know. But so, my company's not that a little more Lucy on that yeah. policy. Yeah, hell yeah. What uh it's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> what uh when did you start? Oh I can't remember what year. It was about eleven years ago. So whatever eleven years ago. I can't do the math right now. So have you been with the same company this whole time? Well ten out of my eleven years I have, so um I, yeah. So I, I they laid me off right before I got my journeyman's license. I did five years with them. Well, it was like four and a half. I got, I was kind of a, I was drinking out every night and showing up late, not giving a fuck. And they're like, dude, what the hell's going on? I was like, I don't know. And I was going through some stuff. And so they're like, see you later. I said, okay. And then uh, this company called Murphy picked me up. I lasted like a month and a half there. <laughs> Well, and it wasn't really because of the other drinking and stuff. The guy who was my foreman there 
just did not like me out of the gate. He just hated my guts, and I was like, whatever. Yeah, so I was like, whatever. It is a conflict of personality, I think. And uh, so they laid me off, and then about two weeks after that, I got hired by Troutman and Shreve, who's a pretty big union shop here. And uh, I lasted about 10 months there until I yelled at my foreman for telling me to do something fucking stupid that he wouldn't do. And I'm like, well, I ain't going to fucking do it either. <laughs> so, ain't that the way of the world? That happens quite a bit. Yeah, so then they laid me off, and then COVID hit. So I sat for like three months, and then uh, I called back, and I was like, hey, man, you guys got any place for me again? Like you going to show up on time and do the right things? I said, yes, I'm yes. better now. <laughs> so was, uh, how'd you get into the union? Cause that's, uh, that's kind of an odd, I mean, for our area, yeah. a lot of guys, right. If they even know about it, most of them don't go into it. So I had no idea what a union was when we, I graduated high school. You know, I had no idea what it was. I was working at a, the tire shop here in town, <laughs> retreading tires and, <laughs> it's a funny story. Uh, my brother and our best friend, Zach, he, they uh, they ended up getting in a fist fight on their night shift. <laughs> and uh, I was guilty by association. That doesn't surprise me. No, yeah. Well, well that, one that, of them showed up drunk and the other one was mad about a couple of dollars. So, Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they, they did that. and Because uh, they did that, I was guilty by association. So they fired me and... I was like, man, I need a job, you know, I got a couple bills I need to pay. And the girl I was with at the time, uh, her dad is in the union. So, uh, but I went and applied at Carl's Jr. here in town. Just, I was like, I need a job, yeah. you know? So I just ran over there and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. So I just ran over there. They hired me right on and they're like, oh, we won't start you at 850. We'll start you at 950. It was a big deal. Oh yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so I was like, whatever, something for now. And then I, uh, called her and told her it's like well i got a job at carl's jr not really thrilled but whatever i just need something for now you know and uh i was walking down the street and 10 minutes later her dad drives by and he's like hey i hear you got a job (laughs) i was like yeah he's like you ain't fucking going there (laughs) i was like what do you mean he's like you ain't gonna flip burgers and date my daughter and i said oh okay well what do you want me to do dude <laughs> like i gotta i need a job and he's like right. you can either go down to local 208 or local three and uh apply there and he's like i guarantee you a job tomorrow and i was like okay so i went home researched what a 208 and local three was and local 208's pipe fitter union and local three is the plumbers union I read about a pipe fitter. I was like, that sounds lame. <laughs> I was like, I'll try the plumbing. And he told me to, he's like, uh, just be a helper. Just apply to be a helper for now. See if you even like it. See if it's even something you want to do. And that yeah. was probably the best advice he ever gave me. Cause I fucking hated it when I first started. <laughs> I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> the worst, first job I ever did is terrible, man. I was going to say that. Yeah. That, that, that explains that. Cause that's kind of what you're talking about there before, before you're, introduction to the union Mm. that's that's usually in our area where we live people that's kind of the trajectory you either farm go to the oil field Mm -hmm. or there's a handful of just construction jobs in the area maybe join the military yeah join the military or you end up basically working for every uh somewhat large corporate company in the area yeah. for a year or two here and there and bouncing around until you've worked for almost everybody by the time you're 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, 
Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty interesting because I know the, the union is not big, at least in this area. When you get closer to Denver, yeah. a lot of more people know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I wish that would be more promoted out here is, you, well, not maybe unions, but trade, th- 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 trade that there work. are trade work out there. You don't have to bounce around to local grocery shops and gas stations and oil companies and stuff yeah. like that, you know. So on the union, so my experience with union guys is most... <clears throat> 90% of union guys say the reason to join the union is money and benefits. Was that, is that an accurate statement when you start? Uh, for me it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, so when you, when you go in there and you apply to either be a helper, which I recommend to anyone who wants to go and try it and see if they like it, I highly recommend it because if you don't like it, you're out. If you like it, you can apply for the apprenticeship and that's a five-year apprenticeship. Yeah. And that scares people away because five fucking years? Really? Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that. That's uh, right before we started. That's a big thing I see too is like a, a lot of people who are – my little brothers are prime examples because they, they, uh, they think you go do medial work for six months and then at the end of the year you're making six, seven figures. <laughs> and they think you're going to be a millionaire by the time you're 30. Right. Um, I think that is a, a big thing. So is it – like, is it a set schedule? Like you're going to do five years of this, five years of that, or is it? So yeah, it's, 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 here's the thing too. It's like, so you, you're in the apprenticeship, you go to class two nights a week for three and a half hours. It's not that bad. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it sucks. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, it's school. <laughs> yeah. It's school. You don't want to, no one wants to go to school. You just got gotten done doing school, you know, you're yeah. 18 and stuff, you know, like it, it was terrible, but uh, it's not that bad. So you learn all kinds of stuff. You learn everything about plumbing, you know, I mean, from water heaters to why venting is a thing and why you have to run your, how you run your pipe and stuff. I mean, it's, it's all the, everything. All the technicals. Yeah. All the technicals. And some of it's boring. Like, you know, you got science, you got math. Math's <laughs> a big one. You know, I always told my teachers, oh, I'm, I'm going to, find a career that I never have to do math in. <laughs> I remember saying that. Yeah. 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 Don't be a business owner. Nope. <laughs> I never paid attention in any, like I think I took like three different variations of some kind of business class in high school, like business math, business something mm-hmm. else, and spreadsheets, Excel, and I'm like, that's all stupid, and now I'm like the fucking spreadsheet guru here, and <laughs> I've got spreadsheets out the ass. Granted, I don't use Excel. I use the Apple version because oh. Apple's better yeah. at everything. At everything. <laughs> I'm a little brand. I'm a little brand loyal. <laughs> but uh, the the only thing I do stick to though that I always said in school was uh, I used to get in a lot of shit. I was that kid that was like I could figure shit out. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, you didn't show your work and this and that. How'd you get to there? And it's like, dude, if I showed my work, it takes 16 pages. I just I kind of got ADD the way I do math. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I tell my brothers because. So, one of them still in school, my youngest brother. and Learn that math, dude. <laughs> well, I tell him this is a problem with my kid, too, because I'm a little, <laughs> little, still a little bit of a rebel at heart when it comes to school. Fair enough. They, they do a lot of math, and I say, you know, I remember when teachers said I wouldn't always have a calculator in my pocket. So <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with the way that they're teaching math the same way they taught me, right. which to me is irrelevant, and it's got to be even more relevant if you're in your 50s. Because I don't know if you have a phone, but I have a phone. Everybody's got a phone. Everyone's kind of got a calculator in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still like, <sighs> there's a lot of things like uh, when I was operating doing pipe and uh, 
on the pipeline, you know, when you had to bullshit up and you got to figure out all these angles and some pe- people thought I was smart as shit at good at math. And I'm like, no, I just got on Google and I would type in, uh, <laughs> X equals what percent of this degree. <laughs> and then there's some calculator on Google that'll figure it out for you. So I was, I was pretty bad at that, but right. you still got to know the basics. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I still suck at math, dude. Yeah. You know, I, even though I do it every day, I still suck at it. I rely on that little yeah thing right there. A little black box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uh, so when you, when you went in and you did your apprentice, were you, you know, you were going through the classes and shit. Did you get hooked like pretty quick or were you like, cause I know there's people that go into trades and they're, they're wishy-washy for a long time before they're like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do forever. And then I'm there's still wishy-washy. <laughs> there you go. That explains it. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, cause there's, there's other people I know that like, some people do something for a week and they're like, yep, this is what I want to do forever. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like I said, other people who are like, I'm 30 and I still don't know what I want to do. Right. Well, I, I, I go back and forth between both of those <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah. Well, you've been some, you've been doing the same thing for 10 years. I'd say you're more consistent than most. Well, it pays the bills. I think yeah. everybody I know has probably had more jobs than you. Yeah. Well, uh, well, there's I had a couple in the beginning, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell a lot of people I don't count anything uh until your first like real job. And when I when I say real job, I don't count like flipping burgers. I don't yeah. I don't count the right. retread factory. Everybody's worked there. Right. <laughs> uh, technically I got hired there. I never showed up for my first day though. No kidding? Yeah. Uh uh-huh. I got another job before I was supposed to start there and I was like, Yeah, I'm not going to that. Yeah. That's um, what happened with me and Carl Jr. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I literally got a job the next day. <laughs> yeah, I worked at Carl Jr. too for a short stint in high school. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. so I, I tell I a lot remember of people, that you made me a couple burgers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I tell people I don't count a lot of those little jobs until right. until you're getting your first paycheck. That's like actually uh, like a real paycheck at a real wage. That's funny because you know what my first big job like that was? I was an HVAC maintenance guy for Larimer Square downtown. Yeah, I remember that because yeah. my heater broke and I tried to get you to come fix it. And, and I like, had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you're like, this shit's old, dude. I don't know. Yeah. It well, still works. So it's funny because the, they said they were going to train me and teach me all this stuff about HVAC. Never got, I never learned a fucking thing. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so you did your apprenticeship and you said that was five years? Mm-hmm. So when you were doing that, is it uh, is it five years of classes too? Or? Mm-hmm. Yep. Five years. So it's, it's basically like high school schedule. You know, you only go for like nine months, you know, you have the, you get your winter break, your summer break, Oh, okay. you know, uh, spring break and shit like that. It's literally the same schedule. You only go two nights, three and a half hours. It's either Monday or Wednesday or Tuesday and Thursday, whatever, whatever schedule you get. And your first year is learning the basics like math. Um, you get shop class, which where you know, they teach you how to solder and, yeah. um, cut cast iron with the snap cutters and shit like that and and then each year you get it progressively gets a little harder like you know in your third year you they teach you welding it's like you wouldn't think but some plumbers do weld you know yeah and um stuff like that but uh and then on your fourth or your fifth year is the big year you know where you uh take your 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 test for your journeyman's license or your master's license um, and you, you learn, you get your certification for med gas and backflow. So, so is this the same trajectory, whether you're union or non-union? Is it basically the same? Um, from what I've seen no. you know, I mean, a lot of like guys from like RK or something, they, there's 20 year 
apprentices you oh, know okay they don't and, the, uh, and rk is non-union yeah no okay yeah sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> i gotcha so they uh you do all that and then you get your journeyman's mm-hmm. or you can get your master's license well they changed the law the year after i got my uh, journeyman's license so in your fourth year if you have enough hours built in you can take your master's test now uh, and okay. uh but when I was going through, that wasn't a law, you know, I had to get my journeyman's license and I'm too lazy to go take that test again, to be honest. <laughs> I got you. So what are you now, technically? I'm a journeyman. Still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I, you have any plans on doing your master's test? I, I think about it, but you know, the thing is, is it means nothing um, different than uh, a journeyman's license anymore. It used to mean something, you know, uh, like my my journeyman who taught me when I was an apprentice. His dad had the third master's license in Colorado ever. His master's license number was 003. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. early. Yeah. Because uh, I remember... My, and that so was a big deal back then. Though. My dad was an electrician. Mm-hmm. And I know he did kind of the same road. I mean, not union, but he did mm-hmm. the whole apprentice, journeyman's, he's journeyman's, and he's a master's. But it was somewhere like renewing his journeyman's or something. Mm-hmm. It was so mundane, like the second or third time he did it. I was like 14 and I may or may not have actually took his test for him. <laughs> and uh, I passed it. Really? Yeah. And th- and I could be misremembering. He might've just made me do like the practice test or something. It was on the computer at home. Mm. So I don't know if it, it was legit or not, but right. I just remember him saying, God damn, you passed it. Mm-hmm. That's fucking easy. Had to have been a practice test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would I hope. know you got to go to a, like an actual facility. <laughs> yeah. It might've just been a test for like his class he was taking or right. something. I don't know. Yeah. But he was just like. Well, yeah. Thanks for passing my test for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back to doing whatever I was doing out in the garage and <laughs> do the next three little courses for me. But I, I know he renewed it a couple of times before he did his master's. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, cause I know in his time it was, it was a big pay thing to go from journeyman to masters. It used to be that way, but it's, it really doesn't mean much anymore. It, I mean, it helps to have your master's license. Is that like, uh, it keeps you employed mainly. Yeah. I guess what I'm going to ask is like, uh, is the reason these days it's changed? Is it because of uh, the labor economy? Like, I, I I've talked. It was a big thing in the oil field. There, you would see companies where they were like, I I would phrase it like they're on 1990s pay schedule, mm-hmm. and that's just how they are. And their guys have been there forever and don't want to leave. Um, but I've also heard guys talk about like the 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 labor economy is so competitive that if you you have to pay a, uh, a journeyman so much more these days. It's the equivalent to having a master's, so there's no point in getting a master's. Pretty much. I got you. Mm-hmm. And Pretty then much. I've heard some other guys say there's a lot of like labor laws and then union negotiating stuff that happens that kind of hinders a lot of that growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so since you've been in the union, you've never left it then? Mm-mm. No? Nope. I never had to, you know... Um, well, not yet anyway. Uh, I know a lot of guys, like when the 08 happened, you know, the crash, a lot of guys were like starving out. Yeah. 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 I had a, I had an uncle who was a union electrician and they were, they hit the crash. It was about 08, 09. Mm-hmm. And then they had a, they went on strike and mm-hmm. he may or may not have been working under the table for my dad. And my dad just mm-hmm. loved it because my dad was such an anti-union guy. He's like, oh, fucking union guy coming and begging me for oh, a job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That, there's that game for sure. Yeah. Well, and his thing was is like he understood why they wanted to go on strike. But it's like they also 
were being so stiff on their side of negotiating that he was like, dude, I'm going to lose my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you can clear some of this up if you know. Like he, he was telling, like he had to be under the table because if he took another job, he would lose, he would be kicked out of the union. They would like take his book or something and he loses pension that he'd already started building up. So I know it used to be that way real hard. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know too much, but the guy who taught me most everything I know, um, he, he, he got caught, uh, working for RK, which is a non-union shop yeah. yet again. And, uh, the, so was, they caught him, you know, and he's seen some purple hard hats cause that's our, our hard hat color. Oh. We used to have purple hard hats and he was wearing a, whatever RK color hard oh, hat it was. And yeah. they recognized him like Fred, what the hell are you doing <laughs> over here? And he's like, well, man, I'm fucking starving out. I can't keep eating ramen. I lost my truck. I lost this. I lost that. I need to make ends meet. What do you want from me? And they're like, we get it. And they just kind of, you know, turned the corner, you know, and just didn't make I anything gotcha. of it, you know. But I think back in the day, if he would have got caught like that, like, with, you know, in the 70s and 80s and shit, like, yeah, they would have been like, you're fucking out of here. So I think they've got a little looser on that, you know. We got to eat. Yeah. You know? So is it true? Well, I know a big phrase in the, you know, in the non-union world is like, oh, you can't go to the union because you can't fire anybody and the fucking laziest piece of shit ends up making as much as me. Mm. So half true, half true, half true, half true. Yeah. I mean, I know some union guys that are so that the, the epitome of, I call them hall trash is, is it so in the union are the wages like, are they set by the union? Like, so let's say like your boss can't come and be like, you know, you've been kicking ass. I'm going to give you a buck an hour. I mean, they could well at least well here's the thing i don't know <laughs> i've worked for this small shop for so long i don't know too too much with yeah. what the big shops will do and i really don't care to know because i really like the shop <laughs> yeah. I for. yeah they're, I get you. they're cool as hell um but uh i think he, my boss would if i was like hey man can i just get an extra dollar please you know i think he would do it and i think the union might allow it as long as it's all like hush hush you yeah. know um, was an advertise of the shop floor. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you don't go telling every everybody else, hey, the boss gave me an extra dollar. What do you guys think about that? You know, but the, here's the thing too: when you go through your five year apprenticeship, you get a raise every six months. Okay, and like on schedule. On schedule. So your that, start date. That'd be the half truth. So as long as even if you're lazy, but you just haven't got fired for six months, mm-hmm. you're still getting a raise. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. even even if uh, you're you're not working and you're on the bench oh okay you still get that in the apprenticeship at least you still get that raise well even as a journeyman you still get that raise because you know every for the next i think i think we got two more years left we get a a, a, like a dollar something rate a dollar 75 i think each year okay and we vote on it and some of it goes to you know our health insurance Mm. some of it goes to the pension some of it goes on the check and some of the old timers like to go in there and vote on it, put it all in the, put it all in retirement. And it's like, dude, it's not even benefiting you. It's for me in my future, but yeah. I want the dollar on my check right now because yeah. Joe Biden's ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you know this cost of groceries, but yeah, you know, you're you're ten days from retiring. I'm still forty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of what I heard. Because like, uh, I was telling you a little story before we started recording. Like, I worked for a drilling company. <clears throat> we were, that company was growing real fast, and, uh 
in Denver, there was a bunch of union drillers who all, I don't know if they went on strike or got laid off all around the same time. Mm-hmm. And we picked up like five or six of these guys all in one group. They all came from the same place. And about half of them were like, as soon as I can go back to the union, I'm going. The other half were like on this fence where <clears throat> just because of their age and how long they'd been doing it, they're like, if I go back when this little I don't know what they're doing, strike or just no work and a bunch of guys got laid off. I don't know how it worked out. Mm. But they were talking about like, if I go back to the union, I have to stay for the rest of my life because yeah. the the amount we're putting into our pensions, all this stuff, if I lose it again, I'll be too old to build another retirement outside of the union. Right. Um, and then a lot of it, like guys with kids were like, preaching on these benefits like they were so great but then you'd get this other union guy said and the benefits are a waste of money i'd never have all the money on my check <laughs> and uh it's kind of like military you know military guys my brother's military make shit for money so i don't know if it's true or if they just say it to make themselves feel better but like oh our benefits are so great and that i got the same impression from union guys there's a lot of union guys like i know one guy different job a few years down the road he had left the union as a uh, driller and he'd been a union guy in the in the uh, I don't know if what what a, his job title would have been. He did natural gas piping. Mm. I don't know if he's just general pipe fitter or whatever, but he did natural gas. And they got so slow for so long. He had like four kids, all within like two years of each other. Basically, all like Irish twins. Like he had four kids under seven or something like that. And uh, it got to the point where he couldn't sit at home no more. They were they'd already moved out of one house into a cheaper house and done everything he could do on his end. And it was just the work was getting high paying jobs, but these jobs, he said they were like two or three weeks and then two or three weeks till the next job. And so he eventually made the leap over to the oil and gas industry outside of the union. Mm. And uh, he was neutral on the union. Like I liked him because he was pretty honest about some of the, what I would say are like the cliche fucking this part of the union stupid, this part's good, but this part is stupid. That That's true. That's not true. He'd kind of tell you. But he was, he was also amazed because he'd been in the union since he was 18. He was probably his mid thirties when mm-hmm. he came to the oil and gas. And, uh, he was also lucky on the oil and gas side. He was married to someone who worked in a big corporate office. So mm-hmm. he kind of got to jump like six or seven jobs to land the job he got. Most people, you know, you go into the oil field and it's, it's kind of like union and trades. It's like you start as a roustabout, which is just the labor. You do whatever you're told to do. You might mm-hmm. shovel one day. You might build a bunch of pipe the next day. You might operate a backhoe the next day. It's hectic. Right. And then you go into like a management and you make these career leaps and then eventually you become an inspector. Well, he went from what he did in the union to an inspector. And uh, granted, there's levels of inspectors too. He did, he was an entry-level inspector. So, But he uh, he was amazed at how much money he made outside the union. He was like, I never knew you can make this kind of money outside. Like my bubble was so unionized. He was Mm. like, I was under the impression if I left the union, I was going to lose half a paycheck. Right. And, uh, yeah, that, that was an interesting outlook that I hadn't heard before. Like I said, and he wasn't old. He wasn't one of them 60 year old guys about to retire. He's right in the middle, but he was like, dude, I've been union since I was 18. My dad was union. I went in the union after him is great. Most of the time there were some shitty times, but he was like, Dude, I did not think I could make 140 grand a year outside of the union. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "That's amazing." That's the first story I ever heard like that. Yeah, usually, yeah. usually I, I've met a lot of guys that come in and they're like, "Fuck, man, this is greatest thing ever." I exactly, so much money, you know. And well, and the, and 
The but a lot of people don't like paying the union dues either. Exactly. I was gonna say the a lot mo- of people think it's a car payment or a house payment. It's I do I pay 120 bucks every three months. Oh, that's not bad. I thought it was like a car payment. Well, I've heard two stories. I've heard it could be expensive, but I've also heard other guys who like uh, John talked about it when he was still on the podcast. Like he went and did a union job, so he had to join a union side of their company, mm. and you have to put a certain amount. And he was like a dollar a paycheck. <laughs> he put like he was like wait, it can be any amount? And they're like, yeah, but you had to, I don't know if it was his due or just like some extra they want you to put mm-hmm. in. He's like, well, I'm putting a dollar then. <laughs> right, yeah. And they're like, okay. Yeah, I mean, there they're, can be pretty lean. I've never heard about the dollar. I mean, I've never done it. I usually just pay my 120 bucks and shut them up, you know? Oh, I got you. Because they kind of get a little whiny if you don't pay it because that's their paycheck sometimes too, mm-hmm. you know, the guys that run the union hall, you know? But uh, and there's a couple things that come off in your check too, you know, like uh, – they take out a couple bucks for, uh, you know, if someone in the union gets selected on a jury, you know, um, we pay into a jury fund. See, so yeah, that would be nice outside of the union. I got pissed. Uh, I got jury duty mm-hmm. a few months ago. Granted, I got out of it. Mm-hmm. I've told this before and I'll tell everyone now again, the secret to getting out of jury duty, you don't have to lie or anything. I mean, you could, people do it. Yeah. Um, show up 30 minutes late. <laughs> And by then they're like, why are you here? And I'm like, jury duty, I'm late, traffic. And they go, I, I, I don't know, just go home, dismissed. <laughs> and I'm like, that was easy. But I was pissed because, you know, I'm self-employed. My company needs to make a certain amount of money. Like I have it broke down to the day. And I went in there and it's like, you can do all this paperwork and submit and they'll pay you like 65 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, dude the way I see this is you're costing me $650 for making me take a day out of my life to come do this. And I've always, I've been real mad about Jerry Duty. And I've also felt, don't get me wrong. I would love to actually be on a a serious jury. Mm -hmm. Like no no petty shit, but like, like a serious, like doesn't even have to be like a murder, but like a, a business crime embezzlement, like some shit where you actually get to hear two sides of an argument. Yeah. And, but a lot of guys don't want to do it because it costs so much. I've had jury duty two or three times in my life mm-hmm. already. And, uh, that's what I've, every time it's like the worst time in my life. I think the first time I was 18. So, you know, I was making like 400 bucks a week and you take that away from me and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go broke. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I actually think they dismissed me the day before. So it wasn't a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I've always been like with the, the jury fund thing. I'm like, they need to base they need to make sure it doesn't hurt you financially to go to jury duty. Mm-hmm. And you'd probably get a lot more. My fear of like, you know how the saying goes, I'd rather be judged by 12 and carried by six. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true anymore because who wants to do jury duty now? Nobody. No, no, but no, none Nobody. of my peers. I know anybody who doesn't want to. The do only it. people. I don't want to do it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. None of my peers. There's no middle-class working person paycheck to paycheck. That'd be my peers. I mm-hmm. live paycheck to paycheck. I ain't got no fat savings account. Right. Um, I'm going to be stuck with like some fucking floozy soccer mom that has nothing better to do and wants attention. Mm. Or I'm going to be stuck with a jury of, you know, some, somebody who lives on welfare and I'm going to be in trouble for not paying taxes. And then I'm like, you're hurting my paycheck, you know, something like that. It won't be my peers. I've always been the jury fun thing. It's just a little tangent, but I've always felt like you would get better quality juries yeah. If they actually made sure it didn't hurt you, at least financially. Right. Yeah. And that's what that's for. And that's actually pretty smart. Yeah. More companies should do that. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, there's, 
really cool benefits that the union brings and then there's some things where you're like oh my god this is a joke <laughs> that's a joke you know? yeah. yeah well my big thing with unions i mean i obviously have a biased opinion because i've never mm-hmm. been part of the union mm-hmm. i do have like my grandpa on my mom's side was a union guy almost his entire life right i think my i don't really know him but my mom's brother my uncle pretty sure he's been union most of his life um there's just been a lot of negative I've heard of the union, but of course I'm going to get filter negative cause I'm on the outside of it. Um, I would say my big problem with the unions nowadays is like the, I always say this. I feel like the union was this great idea, this great invention 40, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. because I think there was some issues, but as, as a business owner, if I were to hire an employee, I feel like that negotiation should be between me and the employee and no one else and no one more. And the other thing, the unions, is you always hear about it. You know, my mother-in-law is a teacher. Uh, so a lot of schools, there's some schools that have teachers that are in the teacher's union. The teacher union Some sucks. aren't. But that's what I'm saying, though, is like my big problem with the teacher's union is what they're taking that union money and funding with it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I hear a lot about even some of the labor unions is like, like uh, how many blue-collar guys – this was funny being as we just talked about the, the, uh, the Joe Rogan and the mm. rock podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the one, the one good highlight that came out of there was, uh, when the rock was like, I got friends that support Joe Biden and Joe Rogan. He's like, do you have friends that really support Joe Biden? Yeah. And he was like, let me rephrase that. Yeah. <laughs> I got friends that support Democrats. So right. it's like, okay, we're getting to an honesty level here where mm-hmm. most people don't support Joe Biden himself. Right. And then, but you hear about these teacher union, teachers unions are the worst, but even labor unions, like, oh, we're, we're donating this much to the Democratic Party. And it's like, how many of your workers actually feel the same way? Yeah. I feel like it's probably like at least a three to one ratio. It's like for every three guys out in the field, they probably don't like the Democrats. And then there's the one guy in the office who gets to write the check who does. Yeah. And I feel like that's also, that's where I think the issues with the unions are coming in these days. Well, that's, yeah. And I, yeah, a hundred percent. That's the one thing that I really dislike especially about my union as well. They they always send me bullshit in the mail, like, vote Democrat this, vote Democrat that, you know? And I, yeah, I just, I don't, don't tell me who to vote for. Right. You know, I, I don't, don't, you know, don't tell me who to vote for. I think, uh, and, uh, who was it? Uh, Dana White said it best recently. Yes, I think I he's on the, yeah, yes. Theo Vons, and mm-hmm. he was like, I, oh, I, so I, well said. Yeah, he was like, I had something, and he was like, fuck you, you don't tell me who to vote and for. And that's exactly it, and yeah. that's, but the unions were set up by Democrats, I yeah. feel like, you know, and the Democrats are always pro-union as to where they say the Republicans are. Well, you know what, dude? When Obama was in office and in the tail end, you know, of my, when I first got in the union, it was yeah. kind of rough. Yeah. When Trump was in office, we thrived. Everybody thrived. Thrived. You know what the funny, <laughs> the funny. And now it's, it's with Joe Biden. It's like, uh, are we getting laid off tomorrow or, you know, yeah. do I, can I still come back here? The, uh. It's funny. I always tell people I I have a I have a buddy. I don't. I one day I want to get him on this podcast, but he's, he's kind of a wild dude, and he's he, he's a he's a black dude from Chicago, and he's loud and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like I might have to set the mic up on the other side of the room because he gets excited <laughs> when he talks. Right. And he told me something I'll never forget. It was during that whole twenty sixteen election cycle, and we were sitting there, and I was like, "Oh, you're gonna vote for the fucking, you know, Hillary and the Democrats." He goes, "Fuck no, I'm from the hood, cuz." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Hey man, 
I don't know, but when Republicans are in office, even the hood does great because <laughs> all these white people want to come buy their drugs because they finally got money to spend on other yeah. shit. So he's like, as fucked up as it is, Republicans are the best thing that can happen to the hood, but it's always the Democrats that come in and like, food stamps, food stamps mm-hmm. this, food stamps that. Because, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm from, you know, where I'm from, Chicago, we're all hustlers. And I'll tell you, the best time to be a hustler is when a Republican's in office because everybody's got money. <laughs> and I was I like, believe it. I was like, that is the most wacky accurate perspective i've ever i've never not once thought of that and i was like man it must suck to be a drug dealer when no one can afford drugs (laughs) (laughs) you know and i was like that that's a crazy perspective i never heard of and i and i wondered that as well with the union too because i was just like like you said um leaving mass amount of politics aside if you just look at the economy itself Mm -hmm. um Everybody is working, union, non-union, fucking fast food, grocery store, house builders, everybody was working and making money Mm -hmm. during Trump's time in office. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's always this argument of, oh, that was really Obama's things taking place. And I'm like, I don't know. I disagree completely. (laughs) I I do too. I mean, I I blow it off a lot of times. And I tell people, (sighs) I've had a few like conversations in life with older guys and some of them are like, you have to vote against like when I first got to vote, I voted, uh, for Ron Paul. Mm. I think I wrote him in, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I voted, I see the Ron or Rand Paul. Mm. Cause the first time I got to vote would have been 20 first presidential election. Yeah. I think it was Obama versus, uh, the old dude. And then I think Ron Paul was third party. And I think I voted for Ron Paul. I think I remember that. Yeah. It would have been like 2011. I think so. Some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wrote him in and that's <laughs> when I worked in the Woodfield. There was an older guy there and he's like, you're such a fucking idiot. And I was like, don't tell me who to vote for. But he, right. he did point out a thing where he was like, he always puts that thought in the back of your mind where unfortunately you have to vote for who you don't want to win. And I was just like, well, I mean, one way to look at it and he goes if everybody who voted third party would have voted for the other guy we wouldn't have had obama again yeah. and i was like yeah i see that but granted i think knowing what we know now about like romney and that shit it wouldn't have been no better it right. probably would have been worse yeah it probably would have but uh i do tell people like there's subtle things i can say as just a dummy middle class person fucking living my life there are presidents like you have to vote on what affects you. And one thing mm-hmm. I could say when Obama took office again, when I was working by then, his second term, I had health insurance for me and the wife. And I was paying like, it was great coverage too. It was a stupid low deductible. And I think I was paying like 200 bucks a month for me and my wife. Mm. Now granted, I worked for a big mega corporation, you know, Halliburton, and they paid for a majority of my health coverage. But still, it was great. Yeah. But as soon as he went and then they knew Obamacare was coming, my rate went to like six or 700 bucks a month. Jesus. And pretty much since then I've never had health insurance. Yeah. Um, but, and then, so I tell people like there's little dumb things. Like you may not think it matters because of where you're coming from, but every president has affected my life in a certain way. So I tend to vote based on who's going to affect me. Mm-hmm. And it was the Trump thing is it's like, uh, the first time I voted for him, that was kind of out of spite. That was out of the uh, the typical middle class, blue collar, you know, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, 
a lot of people voted just to piss the rest of the world off. Like, really? <laughs> I, I voted for him because I couldn't stand Hillary. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of people that voted for him because they're like, Trump's going to have these great policies. Like a lot of people voted for him because they were just like, he's just cussing and saying, fuck you. And Hillary's an evil cunt. Like that's basically what it came down to. Hell yeah. yeah. I'll tell you though, the second time I voted for him was mm-hmm. because the first time when he was in office, I seen my wages increase. I seen an endless amount of work. Like it got to a point where if you worked for a shitty company, you didn't have to keep that job anymore mm-hmm. because some people, you know, they get stuck in that loop where right. like, um, I have to work here. There's nowhere else to go where it's like when he was president, it's like, dude, I had a boss piss me off one time. I was like, I'll go home. Dude. I'll have a, the job site was 20 minutes from my house. I was like, I'll have another job before I get home. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. nowadays, if I had to say that, can't do that. I don't think I'd be able you to Can't do it. So, yeah, I know people who've quit their job recently and, they're uh, freaking out. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're freaking out. So the union definitely saw that too then. It wasn't just one-sided. Mm-mm. No. Because I know Trump was kind of, I wouldn't say anti-union, but he was a he lot was more pro-union than any of these Democrats, if you want my honest opinion. Well, I think... Uh, <laughs> well, he, I don't know if he was pro-union. I shouldn't say it like I w- that. I would say what he did definitely helped the union. Yeah. And I think what the Democrats seem to do is a lot of... You've seen it firsthand when that guy... When Joe Biden went to that union yeah, and, and that he, dude called him out on the gun laws yeah, and that yeah. Joe Biden just blew him off. Yeah. It's like, that's the prime example I was talking for about. That's the, exactly why I don't yeah, vote the, for those. The agents. union donating to the wrong guys like you. They Management are. isn't supporting what the guys paying the dues are supporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem with the union sometimes, in my opinion, is that exactly is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Uh, it's it's frustrating you know yeah and i could see that and, mm-hmm. and i always found it funny too because it's like you see it online a lot like uh you see the union guys supporting the same thing the non-union guys like uh support but then it's like you can't get them to s- sit in the same room without hating each other for <laughs> 10 minutes uh i always loved it like on the oil field especially welders you get welders that just got laid off uh you know they get laid off the pipeline ends. They get laid off the union side, so then they have to come work for a non-union company for a little while. And you, you see the little—it's like high school cliques. It's like, yeah, those those four welding rigs over there; those were all union guys. They don't talk to these guys because these guys have never worked for the union a day in their life. Cliques within the cliques, too, yeah. man. That's the only. Yeah. But like you said, if you went and talked to them about, hey, when when did you what year did you make your best paycheck? They're all going to say the same years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guaranteed. I do that when Trump was in office, man. I was saving so much money. So much money. It was ridiculous. I was paying all my bills and I had all this money I didn't even know what to do with. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> Holy crap. And now I can barely save a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. So uh, uh, on the, I guess back to the union stuff, when you, so you said right now you're a journeyman, mm-hmm. you may or may not do the whole master's route. My question would be like, when you get when 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 you achieve like a journeyman's or a master's, do unions? Um, I guess to lay this out, so mm-hmm. you're part of a like a local. What is it? Local three. Yep, local three. So, do do companies hire from the local three, or do you go apply to the company? So yeah, it's kind of like a what do you call those? Um, uh, like a temp agency? Yeah, like a temp agency. That's pretty much what it's like. Is so, so I'm a union employee, and the companies will reach out to the union, say, hey, I need this amount of guys. I either need this many journeymen, this many apprentices, whatever. 
and they'll there's a list you know and uh they call it the bench you know and so when you get laid off from a company you have to go sign the the books right which or the bench right and uh, you're numbered or whatever so they're gonna call the first guys on the list and some of those guys don't work you know they're like i don't want to take a call you know i don't want to go work for those guys or whatever or Mm -hmm. Even the companies have like a list too, where they like blackballed people. Oh, okay. Where they're like, yeah, that guy was a piece of shit, and I never wanted to work in my company ever again. You know, my company has a couple of people like that, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they'll call and they'll go down the list and see who wants to work and who doesn't want to work. And so, how much of a say do you have in that? Like, uh, you, they finally, I think, if I remember correctly, uh, are, are allowing us to solicit our own work. Like, I can call. If I like I know a guy who works for Trout and Retrieve and be like, "Hey brother, I just got laid off today. I need a job. Can you think you can help me out?" You can do that. Now. Okay. To where as before they were like, "We'll, no. we'll find you the job." You know, you and go down the list and that's it. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of gotten a little better, but you know, you, you kind of got to be a little bit of a politician at work. You know, where it sounds you, like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, at my company, not so much, you know. Um, How much of a say do you have? So say you're on that bench, right, mm-hmm. and, and everyone's laid off, and your, I'm guessing your union rep calls you and says, hey, this company is looking for a journeyman. Mm-hmm. You're a journeyman. Right. How much of a say do you have if you say, fuck that company? Um, they don't like it when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. They don't like it at all. They're like, really? Why don't you want to work? It's like, because fuck them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but uh I, I've never had to do it, you know, so I can't really say too much about that. But I mean, I know some guys that have done that. Right? Is there, so is there a period, like say you guys finish up one job, mm-hmm. is there like a certain period, like say if you know there's, they're kicking off a new job in six weeks, mm-hmm. um, can you go on that bench for six weeks or do you have to be like, no, uh, there's like a minimum, like you have to be laid off for six weeks before you get on the list. No, no. So you're, uh, as soon as you get laid off, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go right to the union hall, you know? And so some, a lot of guys will call them and be like, Hey, I just got laid off. Can you put my name on the books? You know? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, sure. But if there was a guy who walked in the actual union hall itself and went and signed the book himself, they'll get a call. The guy who actually went in will get a call before the guy who was lazy and made the phone call. That's why I was curious if there's going to be a foot race to the union hall at the end of a job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually it is. Oh. And some guys don't give a shit. They're like, well, you know, I'll just call them. And some guys are like, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. I got to get on there first. You yeah. know? But, Fuck, uh, I'm taking the toll road today, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Serious. Uh. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like you've had to do it too much. I haven't. You know, I've literally done it twice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty fortunate. Do you get like a when you're on the bench, do you get any kind of like unemployment? Yeah, you get unemployment and unemployment's it's lame. I was going to say, I'm sure it's like any and it's barely Yeah, anything. so the couple of times that I had to actually file for unemployment, um, it's like Every two weeks, nine hundred bucks. So is it, when it's you when nothing to what you're making. Yeah. So when you do that, mm-hmm. are you filing unemployment with your union or with the state? With the state. See, that's that makes me wonder because it's like, I would look at that as an objective guy, and I would say, union guy or not, you mm-hmm. come in here like you're supposed to be looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And I guess I wonder if anyone actually sits down and says, 
well, just because you're union, there's a job right here for a plumber and you don't want to take it. We're going to cut your unemployment. Like, makes me wonder. Well, yeah, so they kind of are a little strict on that. Like, are they? But because you're union, it automatically um, looks like you're looking for a job oh, constantly. Because you're on the bench. So, yeah, because you're on the bench. You're on that list. So I gotcha. you're just waiting for that phone call. So they don't really... They don't bust your balls too hard about it, you know, but, uh, cause it's kind of, it's a little harder to milk it than yeah, most people. Yeah. That makes and sense. when COVID was going on, man, people were milking that. People wouldn't come back to work for sure. You know? Yeah. E- even in the union. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. That's, see, we still got guys who still won't come back to work. See that, that was going to be one of my questions. Cause I was going to mm-hmm. say it was apparent. A lot of people were not going back to work, especially if you were on the lower income bracket. Mm-hmm. And I even know guys who were making good money who were like, I mean, oh, yeah. I can make better money if I go back to work, but I'm also making this for oh, literally well. nothing. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I kind of regretted going back to work during <laughs> COVID. I, I, was, I was like, what is all this? Yeah. You know, it was awesome, but I was like, screw this. I don't want to milk the system like everybody else. I, I was like, I want to go work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, – see, that, that was – I was going to ask that because typically, like I said, a lot of people's number one reason for the union is wages are higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's most of stayed in, man. Most of the time, I did find it funny. Like when we, that drilling company, when we took in that group of drillers and locators that left a union company, mm. uh, they thought like in the private, or I don't want to say private; it's all private. But outside of the union, mm. that the owner of that company at that time was paying drillers more than the union was. So when they came there, they were like what the hell? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now granted they didn't understand why he'd got, he'd gotten to that point because of labor shortage. He was mm-hmm. just like, I need guys and I need guys that can do the fucking job. And mm-hmm. you, that at that time, you know, we'd wash through 10 guys to find one to keep. So usually when you found that one to keep, you had to make them real fucking happy. Right. All right. So we'll get back at it here. So you've talked a little bit about the union, kind of how it is, how it goes, kind of a, I guess you call it like a rough draft. Mm-hmm. I guess my final question as far as union work goes, what, because after talking to you, I'm kind of realizing there's a, there's a little more to the union than I thought. It's not as like blanket is, mm-hmm. is my impression. Always, like my impression was always like, this is just how it is. But you're talking about like your, your union experience can be different whether you work for a small company or a large company yeah, and absolutely. whether you're 30 or 60 you might have very different opinions on it. So I guess in the future, I'll have to try to find me some like 60 year old guy who's been in the union for 50 years or something. <laughs> been doing union since he was 12. Yeah. Um, I guess to get, get down to it before we kind of move on. Cause like I said, uh, you know, those, of, those of you that are listening, I'm trying to push this podcast into like a little different structure, about two hour episodes. And we're going to spend the first hour kind of on the on the shit blue collar people want to hear about the the career choice and all that and the the industry rather than just we're not rich movie stars talking on a podcast <laughs> but you you said you're 29 mm-hmm. so you're not the youngest you're not definitely not the oldest Mm-mm. from your experience w- dealing with like the union side of your work not necessarily plumbing we'll get to that in a minute mm-hmm. but would you tell an 18 year old to get into the union or not well, in my honest opinion on that, what I wish I would have done when I was 18 is I wish I would have gotten in the military and did four years of that, to be yeah, honest with you. I say that too. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have done that, man. To be honest, I don't know if I would have made it through the military. Yeah, I, well, I had at a little 18, bit of, I, yeah, I don't think I would have done it. <laughs> I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. I don't know how far I would have made it. I would have, 
I tried to talk to one of my brothers. The one that's in the military is not the one I was concerned about. It's the one that's roughly your age. He's a year or two like younger. He was going through quite the whirlwind. Mm. And I told him, go join the union. Or union. <laughs> go join the military. <laughs> right. I was like, they'll beat it out of you for sure. Fuck yeah. But I look at it as if I would have joined the union. I, I would have went one of two directions. I would have been that guy who got kicked out, or I would have been that guy who would have been having one of them cool podcasts where I was like an ex super soldier and all kinds of crazy stuff. I would have been great or horrible. There would have been, I don't think there would have been an in between for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of the military, once you did that, if you could go back in time, yeah, knowing what you know about the union today, I would have done four years in the military and then I would probably went in the union, man. You think the union is the way to go? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I it gives you you get a little structure you know with the schooling you're getting it's free it's yeah. free education like you can't beat that that's why i tell my brother he's in the military now that's the thing he he wants to get out because it's not turning out to quite what he what it, what he had hoped it was going to be mm-hmm. i think he's technically like <sighs> he was trying to explain it to me one day his job title is to be like the big heavy machine gunner mm. and he's like i fucking do oil changes on hummers it's <laughs> not turning out quite as fun as I'd hoped, which I'm right. sure is a lot of people's military story. Sure. Um, but the, I tell them, if you're going to get out, like do every free course, free class like oh, yeah. that the military offers. They mm-hmm. like they do everything. You can go take welding courses there. Educate you, the hell out of yourself. Yeah, do all that shit because one of, one of the, you know, throwing up <clears throat> enough shit at the wall, something's going to stick. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I tell them. So... <clears throat> You know, it's funny. I almost did join the military when, when I was a helper. I hated yeah. it so bad. <laughs> I told one of my journeymen, I was like, man, I, I can't fucking stand this. This is the worst thing I've ever done. Like, I'm miserable. I'm cold. I, I'm dirty. I, I, I'm sore. I hurt. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go join the military. And he talked me out of it. He's like, don't do that, man. He's like, you're in a good spot. You just got to try a little harder and quit whining. <laughs> quit whining. Yeah. He's like, man up. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And yeah, I stuck with it ever since. I think if I wouldn't have been with my uh, girlfriend, well, I guess she's my wife now, but <laughs> if I if it wasn't for me being with her, I probably would have joined the military because mm-hmm. I would have had nothing better to do. Yeah. Um. So I guess why why would you recommend somebody look into the union? Just like summarize it. Mm. You know, you already said you get structure, you get some education. Yeah. Is there a lot of room to move in the union? Like, uh, oh, if, yeah. if you go you in can, as a plumber, can you be like, fuck plumbing, I want to be an electrician? Uh, well, you can do that. Yeah. You know, well, here's a funny story. <laughs> so uh, when I was in my third year of my apprenticeship, a uh, guy here in town, he works in the uh, elevator union. And uh, he was telling me about it. And he's like, you're fucking union? He's like, fuck the plumbers, man. Come be an elevator guy. And I was like, dude, I'm already three years in. I don't want to quit and start all over. Yeah. Biggest regret ever, dude. Like, really? Oh, yeah. Those guys make $75 an hour. That's crazy. 75 So what, from your experience, <clears throat> how much more do you think, monetary-wise, do union guys make? Like, if you were to compare yourself to an outside plumber who's not part of the union, is it, would you be taking like a, a $5 pay cut, $10 pay cut, 20 Anywhere from 10 to 15 I think, is what I think it, what I've heard talking to some guys, I actually, people live uh catty corner for me. They're plumbers too. And they're non-union guys. And they were in the same union I'm in and they dipped out of it. But 
not to talk a little trash or anything, <laughs> but it sounds like uh, it's him and his wife. They're both plumbers, but uh, um, they got out of the union because I, just, you know, some people can hack it in the union, some people can't. Some pe- it's not for everybody, you know. I mean, because there are cliques, you know, and there's a buddy system, you know, which I hate. I hate it. It's like you know, either you work hard and you show up and you do the fucking job, and we like you for that, or you come in here and you slobber all over people and <laughs> you know and you're that guy yeah yeah and i i don't like those guys i usually am pretty mean to those guys <laughs> you know don't don't try to slobber me dude i don't so i guess that makes me it makes me still wonder how hard is it to shit can a guy in the union like if, oh, if your company so, so like i know it could be a little different like you're saying big companies small companies same thing as a non-union world there's guys in big companies in the non-union world who can fly under the radar for years Mm -hmm. but i guess the one thing i've also seen is i've i've done it personally when i was in a management position uh go grab a guy and be like yeah you don't work here no more what do you mean you're fired why you're you suck you're fired Mm -hmm. end of story Mm -hmm. so is that can you do that in the union yeah yeah oh yeah so that's like the misnomer i always hear is like everyone says you can't fire no one in the union yeah well if you get fired, does that just mean you're out of the union or does that mean like you're on that bench and now you're on else? the bench? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can get hired up somewhere else in another company, but excuse me. Um, it's, you can, how do I say this? Um, <laughs> without being totally a douchebag about it. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can get shit can. I mean, I've seen a lot of guys get shit canned from my company. I mean, because they're just douchebags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and some other some guys can just, like you said, fly under the radar at those big shops and get sucked in with the right buddy system, and they'll be there for years. I've actually, there's been a couple times with some companies where, like, they, they'll just do a complete firing of everybody. Actually, U.S. Engineering did that not too long ago where they just shit canned everybody, and they're like, we're starting fucking over. We're going to bring people in you know, and just start this off fresh because there was too many guys flying under the radar, not doing a fucking thing. They were losing their asses. It almost sounds like, uh, you know, now that you say, I know who RK is. Now that you say, now I'm thinking about RK's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wait, I do know those guys. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it almost sounds like there's even more of a benefit from being a business owner that is, um, is, is a union company because, you already have like oh, a, yeah. a pre-selected hiring pool. If you were to do like you said, that company did and just fuck it, you're all gone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over to this list, to the union guys and say, I need this many journeymen, apprentices, uh, masters, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like those guys are already diluted out. You don't have to deal with just, you know, putting an ad on Indeed and getting 58 applications in mm-hmm. and nobody's qualified. Right. So I guess that like... As a, from a business owner standpoint, yeah. that could be a big benefit. Totally. And then those guys have also had all that free education you're talking about. Well, it's only free is, is, as long as you do the five years, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. If that you drop sense. out, you got to pay that back. Yeah. <laughs> and is I've that, seen guys do that. Is that pretty strict on the payback? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because I want their money. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I remember at Halliburton, like when you got your CDL, uh, so like when I went there and got my CDL, I'd already been driving a little bit and grew up around trucks for the most part. And it was a breeze for me. I, I literally went in, did one driving test. And then that dude was like, just go play on the simulator for four days. Just put in the hours, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll go do your official test. And that's that you, you already know enough. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I know they were strict. It was like once if you did that, you had to work for it's like a year, maybe two years, and if you quit before that, you had to pay it back. And I quit pretty short after that, but they never actually came and asked me yeah. for the money back. Yeah, well, they, they can do that too. But, you know, uh, after you complete your apprenticeship, um, I think it's I might misspeak here, but uh, I know you have to work like a certain amount of years after your apprenticeship to mm. kind of like like pay it back yeah pay it back you know i think it's like f- three or four years i believe that you got to continue to be in the union to where they don't they can't come back after you and get that education because like you can't just be like do your apprenticeship get your journeyman's license to say fuck the union i hate it here and go join irk or something they'll come after you, you i know? gotcha mm-hmm. so what uh what do you think would would there ever be anything that would make you leave the union maybe not like say oh fuck the union because obviously you seem to like it but i'm <laughs> saying i'm saying uh <laughs> i like parts of it would there be is it is it strictly like maybe not you necessarily but most general union employees is it like a monetary thing do you think most people stay in the union because the money's just that much better or do you think there's like a a political side of it that guys get kind of tied up in and then they don't want to leave i think it's a little bit of both i think it's a little bit of both i think there's some guys who are like you were saying earlier that you know uh i'm union because i also vote democrat yeah that's my thing and blah 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 and then there's guys who like i make 45 dollars an hour to fucking run some pipe in the dirt you know that's pretty sweet (laughs) i'm gonna keep doing that you know yeah because like i said i've ran into that kind of both sides of it a little bit and I, I, I've met guys who are just like, yeah, give me a dollar more and I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I've met other guys who are like, it's part of their identity. So they're like, they could cut it a dollar and I'll still stay. You mm-hmm. know, it's, yeah. it's it's wrapped up in who I am at this point. Mm-hmm. I think, it, well, I think the thing is with my union, I think, I think it's in a weird shift, you know, because a lot of the older guys are starting to retire and a lot of these guys like me are starting to come up and some of the, not all, but i say a good majority of the guys my age are, like, yeah, I like the union, but... It's not the end-all be-all. Yeah, it's not the end-all be-all. I'll fucking go do something else. I'll do it for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think I think I've noticed that, too. Just out, not even union, but just in the, in the middle blue-collar working class itself, there's a lot of... There's going to be a big shift. I know they're throwing out numbers of how many boomers are going to be selling off businesses and mm-hmm. how many openings that's going to create for other businesses. The trucking industry is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, I see that quite a bit, and yeah, I guess it's a little more universal than I I thought. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, and there is a big, huge misunderstanding with unions. I mean, to be fair, not all unions are good. I mean, actually, like you were saying earlier too, before we started recording, a lot of the East Coast guys. I've met a lot of East Coast guys that come here, and they're like, "What the." fuck is up with your union like this is dog shit these guys don't know what they're fucking doing yeah they hate it they yeah they hate they I, shit all over it man i definitely noticed there's a regional dependence on it like oh, if you go yeah. if you go out east, unions are huge there i think uh i think it's in illinois mm-hmm. illinois or iowa there's a big like their local pipe fitter yeah training facility mm-hmm. it looks like an fucking amazon oh, yeah. headquarters oh, yeah, dude. Dude. illinois like, uh all all back east in Illinois. Illinois is a huge one Chicago, for sure. Yeah. Chicago's a big union. Actually, I have my apprentice right now. His dad is a big union rep for the one of the uh, Chicago unions out there. And 
He's always telling his son, come back home, man. That <laughs> shit out there in Colorado sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's definitely a thing, too. I, I've talked a little bit online with a guy who listens to the podcast. He, he's actually a uh, union elevator guy oh. in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. And uh, I've, I've uh, we toyed the idea of trying to do like a remote podcast or something. That'd but, be awesome. Yeah, he uh, he's one of those that I definitely see. It's like the East Coast is definitely a much more rigid line between union and not. I think it's more dominant out there, man. Yeah. The unions do more for the guys out there than I think here in the West side. I think they so. have to. Cause it's like, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Did you see the other day is like Congress. There was a guy from like Oklahoma, like mm. a rep from Oklahoma who threatened to get in a fist fight with, Oh, I did <laughs> with see a union did, rep yeah. on Congress floor. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny that union rep was acting all tough. Yeah. doesn't look that tough. It's like get your butt up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And then the second thing, I don't think anyone noticed about that, the rep from Oklahoma. Dude, the the guy's an undefeated UFC fighter. No way. Yeah. I mean, not big time, not famous yeah. or nothing, but I think he had a pretty pretty long MMA career where he did decent, and then he actually had five five UFC fights, and I think all five were knockouts, and between five matches, I think he had six minutes of fight time. Oh, no <laughs> And shit. I was like, my money's on that guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize he was a UFC guy. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, what I was saying, though, is I think back east, because the unions just seem so much more bigger and so much more entrenched, mm-hmm. like they have to do more because some of them union reps, I mean, you're going to tell that guy who's testifying to Congress doesn't live pretty nice. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can't be a rep and oh, yeah. slack. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people are going to hold you accountable. Oh, yeah. But it also makes me wonder how dirty it gets the further east you go. I think it gets pretty dirty. Yeah. There's a There's a cool weird story about um long time ago uh they were supposed to build a, a big union hotel for all the union people to go to and do their big union meetings out in florida and uh, it was supposed to cost like a couple million or something and then all of a sudden it was like another couple million and another couple mm-hmm. million and another couple million and all of a sudden the hotel wasn't even built <laughs> <laughs> yeah and all of a sudden this guy went missing yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you hear a lot of stories there's another there's another big project in uh California, they got that that rail system. It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's mostly union, from what I hear. Um, it was like budgeted for like six billion, and they're like twelve billion, and have no tracks laid yet. <laughs> That's what they did out here at DIA with that hotel. Which one? That the one out here, the, the one right in front of the airport, the big resort one. Yeah. Well, no, no, not the resort one. No, the big weird, like wavy looking one right in front mm-hmm. of the um, the Great Hall there. You didn't hear about that? Uh-uh. Oh man, that <laughs> that was supposed to be built in like a couple years, a couple million dollars, cost a billion. Whew. Yeah, because people are embezzling their money. Yeah, yeah. And then you get There's a I, bunch of lawsuits for that one. I, I'm yeah, sure. it was a big deal. My my bot, or well, I shouldn't say something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bleep button. It's okay. Mm, okay, good deal. <laughs> <laughs> you you can text me later and say, hey, uh, bleep a few things out. <laughs> I had to do that with uh, mine and Jake Larry's episode. We got a little loosey-goosey with talking about some bending the rules a bit. And I was like, yeah, I should bleep that out in case there's any state patrols that catch this podcast. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See him hire his truck on the interstate. Like, yeah, let's go talk to that guy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's a DIA. I've heard a lot of weird things out there, too. Uh, DIA is really weird. Especially in the concrete world. I know a guy has done done a lot of concrete out there. Mm. Uh, They do. My my neighbor's actually... uh, He's in charge of like the communication infrastructure DIA. Oh, really? I don't know if he's in charge, but he's like pretty high up on the management chain. Really? Yeah, he's like deals with a lot of the fiber optic that gets installed out there and stuff. Mm. 
but I believe he works for the airport. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Is building a big old building out there for DIA. Right yeah, it never stops growing. Oh, yeah. They're, they're trying to go to make an econ course out there, A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. I know somebody had bought up a lot of the land along E-470, and they're talking about building a whole new tech center, quote, unquote, mm. out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, some some people could probably retire out there. About how much work is going on oh, out there, man. I've I've talked to some people who tried to get me to go back into the fiber optic directional drilling world, and yeah, there's there's a lot of money to be made out oh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't know if I want to be part of all of it though. <laughs> I hate working at DIA, man. They make everything so fucking difficult. Yeah. Do you do you ever get to go in the secret tunnels? Do oh you, yeah. Do you know all the so, secrets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's no aliens out there. There's no there's no hidden uh, things. I, I want to break out the conspiracy theory and. <laughs> Hurt everyone's feelings. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> I've been in a lot of DIA where DIA it's like, had they had another big project, not just that hotel. They had uh, the underground shuttle system. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of that that was concreted in but never actually used. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's actually a lot of uh, like the conveyor systems that mm-hmm. they built when they when they first built it out there that's never been used. Yeah, my uh, my like buddy millions that, of tax dollars just <laughs> sitting there, dude. It pisses me off every time I look at it. My bu- my buddy says. Uh, you know that that's one of the conspiracies about DIA is the amount of, the amount of concrete they hauled into there. Uh, that's funny. We were just talking about somebody, and they just text me. Yeah, both people we were talking about before we recorded. Oh, that's funny. Um, they uh, that's a big conspiracy. Is they hauled in so much concrete, and it's unaccounted for. And I was asking my buddy, does concrete? And I was like, what's down there? He goes, a bunch of fucking empty rooms and tunnels. Yeah. There's just yeah, chill out of concrete. He mm-hmm. was like, yeah, we have to go through like three security things. You go like three levels underground and there's just nothing. There's nothing. They just set us down there yeah, to fix a yeah. slab. Like, <laughs> he was I like, know. I don't know what they're doing. I like to think I've been in pretty much of all of DIA and yeah, there's nothing. Damn. No, exciting. A- no aliens. Hitler's not living under there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess we summed it up though. You, yeah. s- you would recommend probably military and then union. Yeah. Or either or, you know, I, I'd recommend either or, man. I mean, you can't beat free education, no, you know, and getting paid to do it. And you can't beat the military because of all the benefits you can get from that, you know. I mean, if I was an 18 year old kid and I had no idea what I wanted to do, I'm just shit, dude. I'm a 29 year old guy and I still don't even know what I want to do, right? Right. But I'm here for the moment, yeah. But yeah, I recommend it. I really do. I especially for these young 18 year old kids who are like, I want to make a lot of money, you know, in a short amount of time, five years ain't that long. It seems like a long time. You know, when I first got in, I was like five fucking years of this. How am I going to do this? You know? And it's not that bad. It goes quick. Like a snap of fingers. Yeah. I tell a lot of people like, uh, my, my working career was all over the place and there was a, there was a stint there between, like 21 and 23 i probably made two or three times what most of my buddies were making mm-hmm. and then i always i begged my friends to come join the union man. I, <laughs> I always laugh now because i'm like i laugh at, i laugh at myself because i'm like man when i was like 21 23 making more money than i could spend i was being such a jackass and all oh, my yeah. all, i had a bunch of buddies who were apprentice this labor that and i'm like fucking losers <laughs> then it's like you know five seven well, I mean, seven, eight years later now, all the tides have turned and I'm like, fuck, mm. make 45 bucks an hour, dude. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, shit, that, right. f- that five years, I mean, I was killing it. Didn't really pay off. And Yeah, fuck. it's all my buddies, man. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, everyone wants to go their own route, but yeah, I, I begged my buddies. I'm like, come on, man. They're like, you're making $12 an hour. I'm making 20 right now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but in five years, <laughs> you're still going to be making 20 and I'm going to be making 45, man. Yeah. Come on over, you yeah. know, like, and they wouldn't do it, dude. I think, I think that that's universal just even outside of the union, yeah. even just non-union trades work. I, th- I see a lot of people who, like you said, five years of fucking apprentice and two years of this and two years of that and it might be six years and then it's like i don't know anybody who has stuck with it that isn't killing it now right like i I mean i know a lot of guys who've been in and out and obviously being inconsistent on anything doesn't Mm -hmm. really pay off but guys who jumped in and stayed consistent i mean they're all doing probably better than i am right well here's my thing for these young guys out there you know like who don't know what they want to do go join a trade yeah learn a trade learn a skill you always got it to fall back on. You can do whatever you want after that five years, man. You can do whatever you want, but you at the same time, you have a trade backing you up and you can take that wherever you want. You yeah. Know? I've been telling a lot of my brothers, I'm like, just go get in the oil field. Um, the reason I say that is just because if you pay attention in the oil field, it can get real tunnel vision real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go, you know, work on a drill and rig or you go work on a workover rig or you go into the production side and do a bunch, you go join a fracking company or trucking companies and get real tunnel vision real easy. Mm -hmm. But if you actually stand back, like knowing what I know from spending so many years in the industry, dude, there's electricians, there's plumbers, there's framers, there's carpenters, pipe fitters. There's every job Mm -hmm. in the oil field. So I've been telling my brothers like, go there, don't tunnel vision yourself, give yourself a time limit. Like, um, go there. And if you don't know what the fuck you want to do by 25, go try something else, get Mm -hmm. out of it. Because if you go there and you actually just pay attention, like, you can become a baller truck driver. You can become a baller welder. You can be a pipe fitter. You can you can go be an e-tech and learn all this electronics. You can be a geo engineer. Don't be a pipe fitter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a yeah. little uh, well. The only reason the only yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I say pipe fitter in the no, oil field I is I remember the pipeline company I worked for. Uh-huh. Uh, we had one pipe fitter that actually knew his shit. They mm. were paying insane amounts if you're, of money if you're a good fitter yeah oh dude we had one good oh, one man. that's like and gold the next best one was me and that's just because like i could listen to directions it wasn't because i knew anything it <laughs> right, was just right. like cut this thread oh, this bolt this and the battle. <laughs> it was like uh, just following directions he's like you should really look into a career in pipe fitting i was like fuck this dude i want to go back to the excavator <laughs> like i'm only here because i said i had to be right. you needed help today uh but he was talking some of the pipe fitting stuff. I mean, he did pipe fitting in commercial buildings, all kinds of stuff before he ever went to oil field. But mm. it's just like a job career. You didn't like, it's a job title you don't expect to hear on a job site in the oil field. Like you expect everyone to say, oh, I'm a, I'm a roughneck or I'm a right. roustabout or I'm a truck driver. I'm, mm. I work on a fret crew. And right. he's like, I'm a fucking certified pipe fitter. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one that company had. And it was a big company that was just like, he was like, dude, they're like, I pretty much every day I say, fuck this shit. And they give me five bucks. <laughs> he was making so much money. Cause he was the only one we could get here. Really? And yeah, he was just like, hmm. go to pipe fitting school. Go do this. Start taking classes. Yeah. He's like, you can be my apprentice right now. Local 208, man. Yeah. Go learn how to be a pipe. Fitter. He, I don't even, <laughs> he, he had been union at some point and then got out of the union. Yeah. I think he was one of the rare cases that was probably making more money outside of the union than he would have made in. But it's also cause he found a company that had no pipe fitters had plenty of pipe work and he kind of just named his price. And like I said, he was notorious for every couple of weeks going and quitting 
and then still being there Monday, and you knew that meant he got a raise. <laughs> it was like six months of that. As Friday, he's fucking throwing his heart out in his truck. Couple, Fuck this shit. I and know then, a couple guys like that. <laughs> I'm going back to Texas, and I'm going back to Dallas, and then Monday, you see his truck rolling, and hey, he's man. got a smile <laughs> on his face, and you got a raise, didn't you? Cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're already making way more than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he did pretty good for himself. But that's yeah, cool. he, that's why I always tell my brothers. I'm like, there's certain industries you can go into where yeah. you, well, you'll get a glimpse at a bunch of others. And if you're completely clueless, mm-hmm. try to find one of those. I mean, yeah. go into a construction company and just say, hey, I want to be a laborer. Mm-hmm. You'll get to see operators. You'll get to see truck drivers. You'll get to see cement guys. You'll see framers, roofers. Like, find an in- industry that has that'll give you a glimpse at into others don't go straight to a warehouse and drive a forklift right because yeah you're yeah. only going to see forklifts and truck drivers yep and you're going to see the bottom barrel of those two anyway mm-hmm. so i always tell people yeah go go find somewhere that gives you a glimpse into lots and lots of things mm-hmm. and, and if give yourself three years four years and if you can't narrow it down rethink your strategy but don't don't take too long right i've been the the downside of that is i'm a jack of all master of none type of thing <laughs> right I mean, granted some people that's helpful though yeah i mean the old saying goes is there was like a famous instagram video where a lady was talking about that is jack of all but master of n- none and that's kind of the quote everyone knows but the whole quote is a master of none is still a better than a master of one right so it's like i've kind of embodied that unintentionally <laughs> uh <laughs> And I have mixed feelings. Sometimes I feel great. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, my truck's broke on the side of the road. Oh, I just, I did a job most people won't do in a shop in a parking lot. (laughs) Feel accomplished for it. But then sometimes you're like, well, if I was in a shop just doing this job, I'd be making a lot more money. (laughs) So it's like, it can go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like the union could be a good uh, good option for most people. Uh, Yeah, it's not for everybody, but it's, you know, for some people, you know. I mean, you got to kind of want it you know you got to look at that that big picture big picture yeah. down there at the end of the tunnel where you're like well i'm starting at 12 dollars an hour right well it's not even that anymore man when i fucking started it was 12 now these pandy little pricks fucking 20 dollars an hour now i'm like fucking man that's half of what i'm making now uh, i started at 12 fuck you guys <laughs> <laughs> i think that's everybody especially in this market i mean mm-hmm. well the, they got it now yeah the in- wages have increased i mean yeah it was a big thing, with, especially out in our area with the oil field. When the oil field got slow and everyone had to leave the oil field and go do other shit, mm-hmm. we'd go to these companies and we'd be like, I remember I went to one company and they're like, hey, we're paying these guys, you know, 16 bucks an hour. And I was like, dude, I was making 26. Right. <laughs> Meet me in the middle somewhere. Yeah. I got 17. Man, don't, <laughs> don't don't come here if you're, you're going to fuck off too, though. That's my yeah. whole thing, dude. Yeah. If you you got to be serious about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's refreshing. I've, I've, I've bitched out some kids that come in there and they're like oh i'm just here for the money it's like oh are you yeah fucking go do this you know (laughs) no that's refreshing to hear because like i said from outside the union the big thing you always hear is oh everyone there's lazy no one fucking works and you can't fire there are those people there are those people and i always tell people there's those people everywhere yep yeah you always got a bad egg every day i mean yeah it can go either way so i guess we wrap that up we got a little little insight into the union (laughs) little insight into plumbing yeah it's kind of I think that's a cool thing to hear too. Like I said, there's a lot of people who think plumbers just unclog toilets. No, God no. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you think that toilet I got there in the first? I won't a toilet, bro. That's how. That's, that's the type of plumber <laughs> I am. There I you know. go. There's some guys who are like, I won't touch if it ain't new. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like truck drivers. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Truck drivers. Everyone. You got your door swingers, which are what we call the guys who just drive vans for Amazon. <laughs> and then you've got skateboarders, which are guys who drive flatbeds and don't use enough ratchet straps. And I know quite a few guys that say, uh, I don't haul anything that weighs less than a hundred thousand pounds. And I mean, oh, those, yeah. those guys are hauling crazy shit all over the place. Yeah. And you've always got those variations of the same industry, but people outside of those industries completely are just like, Oh, you're, like <clears throat> you go tell someone I'm a truck driver. And if they're not in a commercial industry at all, they're going to think like, Oh, the big semi with the van trailer, the doors, you back up to a dock, you unload it. But you could be like my old neighbor who says I'm a truck driver, but really he, like a loaded semi van trailer is probably going to weigh around 80,000 pounds. Mm. That guy was a custom heavy hauler. His empty truck and trailer weighed 80,000 pounds. He was hauling, they'd set shit on his trailer that weighed 120,000 pounds, 180,000 pounds, 18 feet tall, fucking 16 feet wide. And he's driving down County roads with flaggers and yelling at power companies to move power lines out of his way. It's like, yeah, you can be all kinds of different types of truck drivers. Mm. And that was his favorite. You fucking door swingers. <laughs> and it's always frustrating. Like, cause I worked for him. My company has worked for his company and I haul like fall off loads. So it's like the, when they haul those big things, they take as much little shit as they can off to make it a little <clears> bit smaller, a little bit lighter. And they fill my trailer with just pipe ladders, mufflers, mm. bolts, just so much random little shit. <laughs> and, uh, that's always the funny thing is it takes fucking two hours for me to secure a load because I'm like, oh, I got this loose piece of pipe mm-hmm. and then I got to strap this this way. And next thing you know, I've used 40 fucking ratchet straps and 16 chains. And I used to get so pissed. He's like, oh, you're a cute little truck. Fucking 15,000 pounds of shit. This compressor over here weighs 145,000 pounds. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, but it's so big and heavy. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you literally throw four chains on it because it's so heavy. If it's coming off, it's coming off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it, it's it's yeah. underwhelming seeing how long it takes me to secure a load and then you put four chains and drive you know to texas right <laughs> right he's like well you can put as much chains as you want One hundred forty thousand pounds 16 feet wide and 15 feet tall if it's if i drive off the road it's going the fuck off the road <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a bad day for a lot oh, of people yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of my biggest fears, man. Sometimes we do stuff like that. We'll haul our machines around and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, if this thing falls off this fucking trailer, <laughs> I'm fucking shit my pants. Well, there's a lot of stuff with chucking too. It's uh, like the big compressor season. When you're 120,000 pounds, if you're doing something that's going to make that slide, mm-hmm. a half inch chain ain't stopping it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah. that was always his thing. He's like, dude, if, if I have to drive off the road, it's going to be a bad day for everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a bad, real bad day for me. It's going to be a bad day for the six tow trucks it's going to take to get that out of there. The three, 300 ton cranes are going to have to call whoever's fucking 16 houses I drive through. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, yeah. Um, you, on the other hand, you go off the road. I mean, they're going to call two little tow trucks and you'll be back on the road in a couple hours <laughs> if you didn't wreck your shit. But yeah, his whole thing is like, some of that shit's so heavy. Like it, it ain't moving period. Mm-hmm. Same with like a lot of them big excavators. Like you see guys throw four boomers on there and you're like, that's it. That's all that holds it. Right. And it's like, well, the four boomers are kind of doing something, but the 80 tons of machine is what's doing most of the work. <laughs> right. Right. 80, not 80 tons, but 80,000 pounds. Right. So, well, that, that sums that up. Right. I guess, uh, I always tell people, I like to tell everyone we'll do two podcasts cause I notice with a lot of people, it takes one to warm up. Right. Yeah. The next, for sure. Next one, I fly <laughs> loose and it's always a little better. 
But I guess we'll move on a little bit mm-hmm. outside of the industry. So you talked a little bit about it, about uh, we were talking about the political side of shit. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've been wanting to highlight on this podcast is just what, not necessarily blue collar, but mostly blue collar, because my definition of blue collar is pretty wide net. I know some people niche it down a little more than I do, but I I pretty much say if you're not sitting in an office, you're blue collar. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I consider people flipping burgers blue collar, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, you're serving blue collar people. It's close enough right. for me. Yeah. Um, someone doing tax returns, it's hard to say they're not blue collar when they're just doing tax returns for 15 blue collar companies. It's like mm-hmm. you you know the struggle a little bit. Right. Um, At least see it. CEO of Amazon, I wouldn't consider blue collar. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, one thing I wanted to start trying to highlight on this podcast is kind of what that class of people think because like I was telling you before we recorded, there's a lot of people outside, you know, of the realm of hardworking people, I'll put it, that think, uh, oh, this guy supports Trump. He's just a low IQ racist. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a low IQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, the, what is the racist? What is, uh, Theo Vaughn said a funny thing. Like, I'm not racist. I have some flare-ups in traffic. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the most time I ever get racist, dude, is when someone cuts me off, dude. <laughs> yeah. it's, I'll be racist against every race at that point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, I hate everybody, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you all suck at driving. Yeah. Take it from yeah. someone who drives a fucking 10,000 miles a month. Absolutely. <laughs> everyone, su- everyone sucks but me. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to highlight kind of like what people's thoughts on certain things are because what I see is obviously you got, you can't even call it mainstream anymore, but mm. the legacy media they have their tunnel vision view on things. And then we also have, you know, there's a lot of great big podcasts. You know, everyone knows Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Theo Vaughn, all these big podcasters. But even their view isn't quite, I mean, Joe Rogan's a good example because he's probably close to one of the most down-to-earth millionaires. Yeah, he's, he's the shit. Um, but he's still got a whack perspective because he sometimes he, he's not checking his bank account to go to Chick-fil-A. Right. He's not. If he's going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is it? Fish sandwiches at McDonald's. Yeah. But <laughs> he, I mean, he got to shoot Elon's Musk cyber truck with a bow and arrow. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, would you buy one of those trucks by the way? Would you, would you drive so that shit? So I will agree with Joe Rogan. I actually, I was the like, ugliest piece of shit I ever it's seen. It's funny. <laughs> I was driving through Texas like two days after that episode aired. Uh-huh. And I got passed by a cyber truck, and I'm like, "Is that fucking oh. Elon Musk? How many people in Texas actually have a cyber truck?" I was right. like, "I wonder if that's him." Oh shit! I will agree with Joe Rogan though; those things look five times cooler in person really? than the pictures. Really? Like when it passed me, I was like, "Dude, that thing looks kind of sick." No way! Yeah. Oh my god! Um, on the pictures, I'm like, "This thing looks." Yeah. What is this? It, it, it's it's weird. It, <laughs> it's like a uh, Instagram models like <laughs> they uh. <laughs> I seen some funny Instagram. <laughs> I seen some funny meme that was like, "All you women need to quit fucking photoshopping your pictures on Instagram because if you ever get lost, we're gonna be looking for uh, for a model when we should be looking for Sasquatch." <laughs> He's all cut it out with the filters. <laughs> so uh, Cybertruck's kind of like that. It it really? uh, the pictures don't do it justice. I I would drive one out of comedic reasons mm. like i've always said hey fucking elon musk wants to build me a dually i'll fucking hot shot with it and we'll see how it goes oh shit but uh i'm also one of those people like i've ridden in a tesla they're retarded yeah they make no sense yeah uh, my brother picked me up funny 
my when I worked for the pipeline, we had a big Christmas party, and he came in at Tesla to pick me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like everyone was laughing, like electric car, and there's all these welding trucks and shit out there. <laughs> but I was like, dude, things are retarded. It goes like, you know, in in Dakota, when you're going down 52, there's a yeah. stoplight, and then like the little shopping center, and like right at the end of the shopping center is the donut store. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even a quarter mile. Right, dude, he was doing like 90 by the time he hit the donut store. What? And it makes no noise. Yeah. That's what fucks with you the most. You're hauling ass and it's just like <laughs> nothing. Not even that. You're <laughs> just like, where's the noise? It's confusing. <laughs> so, I mean, I would buy one. Not to say I would be like, that means we need no more diesels. Mm. Like, fuck that. Yeah, I, well, like, I like my diesels. Yeah. That's but, what I hate about California is like, oh, we're going to have all electric cars. It's yeah. like, that's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, heard. there's there's a billion problems with that. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, I, w- I would buy one out of coolness and funniness right just not not because i think it's going to replace anything i already own right right but uh i guess that's that's part of what i was getting at though is like people think oh you just want to pollute the environment it's like no there's i mean this is a good subject like uh there's a certain society and class of people that are so concerned about the environment Mm -hmm. and then another class who doesn't care and the class that is so concerned think the class that doesn't care wants to ruin shit and it's like no we a lot of us actually have a lot of nuanced opinions on it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I wanted to hit subjects like that is, right. um, you know, I'm obviously a big pro oil and gas. Oil and gas has fed my family for the majority of my life because that's what I made my money of. Not to mention I like a warm house, but the, uh, like I was saying though, just to give people a, a space to actually go into a little deeper thought on stuff like that. So, I mean, we could start with that. What's uh, what's what's your what's your opinion on people who think uh, we're, the planet's gonna die in our lifetime? Global warming's killing everything, and uh, if we don't change every, if we don't do a radical change now, we're doomed. Mm. You know, it's tough. I just feel like, you know, if it's going to end, it's going to end. You know, I don't feel like we could personally do anything that's going to stop the end of the world, right? Um, I I don't think the uh, emissions from your car are doing any more damage than the fucking batteries you're making for your electric car. You know what I mean? I think the, uh, you know, I think I think going trying to switch to electric cars is the most silliest thing you could fucking do in all reality. Um, what? Why? Well, just well. First of all, look at your 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 power the power grid here. You know, it's wipe it out. You know, that's why I think people should have solar panels on their roof, though, too. You know, I see. Yeah, see, that's exactly. What I I'm have saying. solar panels on my roof for that reason. Yeah, see. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Most people just say, "Oh, you don't believe in global warming," and then here you are saying, "Well, you should have solar too." <sighs> see, and that's what I'm saying. A lot of people think it's just like this blanket fucking. Day I only out. have solar panels because if the grid gets wiped out. I'm still getting power in my house. Yeah. You know, that's the whole reason I have solar panels. Yeah. No, and, and that's that's a good point. And I think I would agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have solar panels, but that's because they're pricey. They are pricey. But, uh. And the fucking people who put them on your house will piss you the fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's that's what I'm getting at. Some people think it's just like these simple thoughts. So I'll tell you what my, my problem with global warming mm. and it, quote unquote, being the death of the world. Uh, for one, we're melting ice caps. Everyone goes, oh, that's a bad sign. But then they find mummies in these ice caps. That tells me 
something was thawed before it was frozen. So mm-hmm. how are we making the earth warmer than it ever was if it had been thawed at some mm-hmm. point for someone else to get frozen mm-hmm. in it? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's supposed to get cooler, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other the other thing I, I've heard a lot of people talk about is there's a guy who says global warming is probably the best thing you could do because uh, for every one, one thing that'll die off from warming, 10 things will flourish even more. Mm-hmm. Um, our growing seasons would get longer, mm-hmm. which would make crop production cheaper which would make food cheaper, mm-hmm. which would make livestock cheaper, which would make fuel cheaper, which ma- in turn, his whole thing is, yeah, you might hurt one thing, but 10 or 15 things will improve. Um, you'll turn unbearable places to live into livable places. I mean, imagine if you could go to Alaska and not have to deal with 10 feet of snow. Right. And maybe only deal with a foot of snow. Mm. Uh, things like that. Um, <clears throat> my problem, like you said, the power grid, a lot of people don't understand where power comes from. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are still scared of nuclear power. I know. I w- oh my God. The nuclear power thing's a, a, a mind numbing debate. It's yeah. it's like debating Hillary supporters. <laughs> it just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, their whole thing is, uh, I was just listening to a podcast the other day where they're actually going in depth on this. Uh, it takes 20 to 30 years to build a nuclear power plant. Mm. Uh, that the vac- jobs that creates. Well, his whole thing was, the nuclear, it was actually the guy you may have talked a little bit about online, the Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, he, yeah. he was talking about the, he, one of the things he would do is get rid of the nuclear, nuclear regulatory commission mm. because he goes, it takes 20 to 30 years to get a nuclear power plant online that they're not making them illegal, but they're making them so hard to build. It's unreasonable. Mm-hmm. And his whole point is, you know what that means? We're on to generation four and five nuclear power. It's some of the safest power and most usable and most Cleanest. efficient Exactly. But he goes, they've made it so hard to build these plants. What plants are we left with? Gen one and two, which are the oldest, least reliable, Mm -hmm. least safe versions of nuclear power. So he goes, if you're against nuclear power, you're just a moron. Mm -hmm. But for two, if you support the, the idea of the nuclear regulatory commission, it's, it's a stupid point. They've made it so hard to build new nuclear power plants. We're stuck relying on old unsafe ones. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be better to make it, easier to build the new ones so we could decommission the old ones. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand how that works. And that's right. kind of a, a mindset I think a lot of blue collar people understand. Um, the oil and gas one is the one I can example is a lot of people think uh, you put all these things up and they ruin the landscape and they do all these fucking things and it's the most horrible thing ever, but they don't realize you can, when they stop producing, we fill them full of cement, we plug them off, we bury them we can take a field that was nothing but weeds and rattlesnakes and there's companies that'll go out there. They'll reclaim that and turn it into cropland. Um, they'll do a lot of good things with it. The other thing I like to point out is like people always do these aerial shots of oil and gas production sites. And you see all these little wells plugged in this grid pattern and then they go, look at you're ruining the landscape. It's like, have you seen a solar field or have you seen a solar field for one? Mm -hmm. Go look at a cornfield. And then in the middle of it is, uh, they're going through a big argument up in the Midwest now in Iowa, Illinois, uh, Missouri, a bunch of places over in that area. They're building solar panels in some of the most fertile cropland there is. Right. So you're 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 wiping out like he there was a podcast I was listening to. He was saying he had a, a section of land that was usually produced two or three more bushels or twenty or thirty more bushels per acre. Then other sections, well, the section of land that that just got sold off to build a solar panel is that high producing land. Mm-hmm. So he goes, you're taking the most productive land I've been farming. I mean, he leases this, so he has no say in it. 
because I've been leasing this property for 20 years. It's the most fertile ground we have. We're, that guy just sold it to a solar company. Mm. They're going to build solar panels on it, and it's going to become useless to everyone. Is that for solar panels? And then he, he went deep in the weeds about your, your value per acre for per kilowatt versus per bushel of corn he's growing. And he's like, it, it's, it's a no point. The only reason the guy sold it is just because he's guaranteed a paycheck for the next, I think, 50-year lease is what the solar company did. Mm. So he's like, and then like you were talking earlier with the boomer generation, those guys are aging out. No one's coming in. So they see it as a more reliable way to keep money is to put a solar field. And he goes, yeah, but now we're losing high producing farm ground right? all around it. But no. And then, uh, so yeah, I think, I think that's too many incompetent people making too many big decisions. I think, yeah, I would agree. (laughs) I think the big thing that I find that a lot of people don't understand that aren't part of the middle class or working class or however you want to phrase it Mm. is it's not that I'm against electric cars. It's like I was just saying, I'm not against them. Mm. I'm all for adding them. I'm just against replacing and making mandatory. Right. Because my thing is I look at it as why am I against, I'm not against electric cars, but why am I against you making me get rid of my gas burners and diesel burners for an electric car? That electric car isn't capable of doing what I do. Yeah. There is no electric car. Yeah. I can fill my truck full of diesel and drive for six hours. Electric car, I'm going to stop twice. I'm going to spend an hour recharging it. And how much cost does that bring up to your groceries, mm-hmm. to, you know, your essentials? A- everything. Yeah. It, it's a blanket cost because it all starts with energy production. And right. like you just said, with the, the power grid not being able to support it, yeah, you're going to have to start expanding the yeah. power grid. That's going to be expensive. I mean, we need to do that anyway. Don't get me wrong. You know, we, we were going to do that here in Colorado a couple of years ago. They were voted on uh, put nuclear plants here, a couple little ones here and mm-hmm. there. And they shot it down. Of course they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that? You know how many jobs that would have created? You know how, many, how efficient? Well, that's, uh, it's, the I sa- mean, <laughs> it's the same thing I always, there was, when I was in the oil field, there was an oil company that did pr- big production. Mm-hmm. All right, not production, but like uh, uh, a big meeting where basically they were, they were kind of trying to tell us grunty oil field people how to be more polite when you're <laughs> arguing with the, the wind farm people. Yeah. And, and it was less more of a, fuck you, I'm harder than you, I have more tattoos than you argument, which is what it devolves into nine times out of ten because yeah. it's hard to have a cordial conversation with people. Mm-hmm. But they were just, they pointed out things like uh, a windmill, at the current pace they're making them, how they make them, how, what it takes to install one. I, they're not, those are not electric hundred ton cranes they're using to set them up. I mean, those are diesel burning cranes, diesel burning trucks going out there, diesel burning equipment, doing all the excavation work. Their whole point was, is like one of the things, instead of just saying fuck windmills and drill baby drill, it's like you can point out things like uh, the average windmill will take 30 years to pay for itself before it's profitable, mm. assuming it doesn't break down. So, that might have changed a little bit, but I doubt they're getting much more efficient. I mean, right. And that's assuming you get as much wind as you think you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, well, that's the thing with those. It's like, how often is it the wind going to pick up to move those fucking exactly. things? Exactly. You know? And then how much land are you making useless? Because I yeah. have all these windmills. Well, wind that's mills. the thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. And the, the amount of square footage it takes to build a, a wind farm and the amount of energy you get out of it is 30% of the square footage it takes to put a gas well and the amount of energy you get out, you get much more return per square foot on oil and gas. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not against windmills. I'm not against solar. I'm against replacing things. Right. I'm all for adding things 
And when the if it ever makes more yeah, sense, let's make it better, but not take away exactly. the things that are still good. Yeah, that's like uh, to me, someone I was having this argument online one time, and I said, "That's like deciding you're fat and you need to work out, but the only way to work out is to divorce your wife and abandon your kids." <laughs> You're solving one problem, but ruining another right. thing. And that was kind of my analogy. It's like, you don't need to abandon the most efficient energy sources we have right. to get a better one. No. Because is it better? Is it better to be ripped, but have abandoned your wife and kids? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm, being ripped is good, but <laughs> not that good. Yeah. Um. So I guess another uh, thing I'd like to push on is, uh, how many kids do you have? I, well, I, I have three. Three. Um. So I know a big topic now is, uh, are your kids all in public school? Mm, uh, two out of three are, yeah. yeah. One's just two, so he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's just a little, little guy. He's a little young. Yeah. When was he born? Uh, two and a half years ago. Oh. <laughs> what is that? Twenty? Yeah, 21. Oh, that's when my kid was born. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. My terrorist that doesn't what, talk yet. Wait, what, what month was he born in? February. Oh, okay. So he's just a, two months older than mine. Mine was April. Yeah. He doesn't talk yet, though. Fucking asshole. Yeah, mine's, <laughs> mine's getting there. He's Mine just grunts and points and yells. <laughs> He's kind of funny. That's funny. He's probably got the best, best mullet on this side of the country, though. I think I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, uh, I know one thing a lot of people talk about is uh, the education system these days and yeah. how much it's changed, if it's changing for better or for worse. I think it's for worse. Have you seen anything from your kids and your schools that, like, that you would speak out against if if you had a spot like a podcast, like something you've noticed that you're like, not a fan of this and this is why. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not a fan of the educational system in general. I think they teach us useless shit. I would agree. Completely <laughs> useless stuff. I mean, for example, here's the thing, you know, all through high school, what, did they, what do we hear? Go to college, go to college, go to college, mm-hmm. go to college. Join the workforce, you know. No one ever told me about a union. No one ever told me, hey man, you join the military, you get all these benefits and, you know, they can pay for your college or give you health insurance for life and things like that. They don't teach you those things because they don't want to teach you those things. Um, you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to write a check, you know? Uh, I mean, I do now, but back then I didn't, you know? Uh, just things like that. This things to help you succeed in life. They, they just teach you how to be a robot and a slave and that's how I think the uh, you know, and I seen this thing the other day too, where this guy was like, um, "You sending your kid to public schools, you're you're giving up your rights as a parent, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, you're 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 no longer the parent of your child as soon as you send him into public school." Um, which I'm debating on not sending my son to public schools. Uh, in my head, um, the, the two girls I have, they're not mine. They're like my stepkids or whatever. Yeah. But. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of control there. Mom, <laughs> mom's got the, the the lowdown on that, you know. She but gets the veto vote. Yeah, veto. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, but with my son, I'm like I'm vetoing out of that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't want to send him there. You know, I really don't. I I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I haven't got there yet because I still got a little time to go. But I don't think sending our kids to public schools anymore is a very good thing. I think it's just a waste of time. They teach you nothing i mean for god's sakes look at china russia all those other countries that are teaching them how to disassemble a fucking 
AR-15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They, you know how to put it back together. They, they probably, what are you gearing up for? That those kids could probably <laughs> kill me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. See, one thing I noticed, so like we send my oldest to the little charter school a few miles outside yeah, of town here. About. Yeah. You like that charter school? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and I'm not 100% sure how I feel about the teachers themselves, but the community mm. of kids around them are it's a important. little better. Yeah. And I think that's more important. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's I think that's the whole key, right? There. I've always... Because whoever uh, your kids are around is yeah. who they're going to become. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that, that's uh, the influence. Yeah. And I'm, I'm young enough to actually remember how much that affects people. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't. They forget. It's like you could go to one public school... Uh, I mean, you could look at the school we went to. Look at the type of kids that were coming out of the high school in Greeley versus the high school we went to. Right. It's a whole different type of kids, and it's the same whole. public education system, yeah. but it, the group of kids that were around influenced people in different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I was okay with my wife wanting to send them to that school. I was kind of didn't really care because I was like, you're going to have to wake up and drive them because mm-hmm. there's no bus to go to that school. Right, right. <laughs> But I understood why she wanted to send them there. It's it's more of a rural school. Mm-hmm. Most of the kids go there are are all family, farm, community kids. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less of the inner city shenanigans. Mm-hmm. But one thing, like when he was going to school here in town, the teacher, like she was real nice, polite. But she, every once in a while she would tell my kid things and I'm like unteaching him when he gets home. Mm-hmm. Um I'm big on him not being a crybaby. Right. And then he would send me shit like, well, Miss So-and-so said it's okay to cry. And I was like, yeah. no, it's only okay to cry if you're broken or bleeding. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear any other crying otherwise. Mm-hmm. And people always say that. And I'm like, look, when he's older and his emotions extend further than he didn't get his favorite Lunchable today, mm. I'll explain him some other times it might be okay to cry. But right now I just don't want him crying because he didn't get his favorite fucking Capri Sun. Right. So, no, I don't want a blanket statement that says, oh, it's okay to cry because you don't get your way. Mm, no, um, it's not okay. <laughs> the other problem we have, it's, it's not a problem, but another thing people have always found weird, like uh, I think my mother-in-law has made a few comments. My kids cuss like sailors. Yeah. And people are like, oh, my God. And I'm yeah. like, he doesn't cuss like that at school, and there's a reason. The school didn't teach him not to cuss. I taught him. I said, you can say whatever you want when you're in the shop with dad, mm-hmm. but you can't say that word at school. You can't say this word at school. Right. You know, and everyone's boundaries. Yeah. Everybody's like, it's one of those things where it's, I definitely feel like me and my wife had taught our kids a lot more value per, per hour or whatever at home than they're ever getting at school. Yeah. Um, that's the most important thing you could do. I think for your kid is a lot of what I see at schools too, is just the way they're teaching shit, like Mm -hmm. spelling. And then there's. Like these the fucking n- math they do. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that shit? I've, not yet, because my kids only in kindergarten. Uh, uh, but I remember some of my yeah. brothers when they were still in school, like teaching, showing Common me some of the shit. shit. Yeah, I was like, "What is this, dude?" It's like two plus two is four, plain and simple. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to do fifteen different <laughs> steps to figure out that two plus two is four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit like that. Spelling it's insane. What? Spelling has all these numbers and. Like my son was trying to explain it to me because he's doing a little bit of spelling now, so he's like explaining their system, and I'm like. You just spell the word, dude. I don't yeah, know what yeah, all these numbers. Yeah, we don't got to confuse them. You know, yeah. just simplify it. Let's make it the basics, basics, and you know. But I do agree on a deeper level that school, you know, our school system, public schools, was basically designed and influenced by the Rockefellers to produce yep uh, factory workers. Mm-hmm. Factory workers become some of the least valued work there is today. Yeah, and I'm big on. I'm I'm more concerned when my kid gets into high school and gets that influential age. 
I mean, in elementary school, as long as you're minding and every once in a while I ask them like, you know, what'd you learn today? What'd you say about this? What'd mm-hmm. you do about this? And I'm starting to have to deal a little bit with the, uh, the, uh, little kid shit of, oh, so-and-so said this and it was mean. And my, my knee jerk response is, well, tell him this. And my wife's <laughs> like, you can't tell your son to say that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't. Right. Not, not until he's older and right. he can fist fight. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm probably going to start a fist fight with a bunch of kindergartners. I right. keep talking like that or right. their parents. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I do like, you know, I still have one younger brother who's in high school and I do disagree. I agree with what you're saying. Like a lot of what they're teaching, I mean, it's like useless. We, we talked about it before. Like I am so against how they teach math because they always said we wouldn't have calculators in our pockets. And now everyone does. Even if you don't have a job, Obama will give you one. Right. Everyone has a phone. I don't see why we're spending hours and hours teaching simple multiplication, right. simple this. Like right. I understand there's a value, mm. but I also s- don't think people understand I learned more about math on the pipeline. Yeah. I learned more about yeah. angles and percentages, directional drilling, underground utility work than I ever did in fucking school. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn a lot of what you need to learn in the workplace that's applicable to real world. Right. Like, why do we spend so much time teaching about photosynthesis? Who's ever used that outside yeah. of high school? Unless you're <laughs> a fucking scientist in the plant world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. What yeah. the hell? And even then, I bet you go over it four more times in college. God. Uh, so yeah, I, useless. I, I am concerned when he gets into high school about what they're going to be teaching and how they're going to mm-hmm. be teaching. Cause I'm, I'm a firm anti-college person. Right. Um, we, I, well, I'm not anti-college. I, th- I think there is purposes, a purpose for college for some people. I would say I'm anti-college for 90% of people. Yeah, oh, I agree. Well, and, that, yeah, I agree with and, that. And, uh, you know, Haley has a couple of cousins and the youngest one didn't want to go to college. And I was the only one who was like, don't. You know, many, you know many guys I know who went to college and then got in the trade? Yeah. Because <laughs> they can't get a job. Exactly. Where they went to college. Exactly. 90% of the people. <laughs> yeah. And and that was my point. Is I, thought, I was like, yeah. well, don't. Go get some jobs. Figure out what you like. Right. She had one cousin who did go to college, but I was like, that cousin was part of that 10% or 5%, I would say. All through high school, she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She took all the classes relating to that. She went to college for exactly what she wanted to do, and then she went and got a job for that exact thing. If you're on the fence, don't waste money at college. I honestly think they shouldn't allow kids to go to college until they're 21. I think from 18 to 21, you should just have to go work. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. 100%. Or if your parent, if your parents are silly and they want to spoil you, you can sit at home and be lazy. I don't know, but I don't think what pisses me off is. Well, no, I think you should have to go join the military. Something. I mean, you can't just sit on your ass. No, you I mean, you got to do something. That, it's either join that, the trade, military. That's what uh, that Vivek guy. He he was a big proponent of mandatory service. I'd love that idea. And but his is even more softer than military. He's like doesn't have to be military it can oh, be yeah. the fire department yeah, the forestry absolutely. department mm-hmm. the you know you go be a police cadet for the state patrol or yeah. something or you can go be a, a, a nurse's assistant or some kind of public service yeah, that would be that'd bring a lot of respect and patriotism back to this country that yeah. i think we're missing out that, on. that was exactly his point is he's mm-hmm. all when you go to college you don't understand value at all nope and uh but yeah most kids go there to party no oh. Yeah, 99%. They learn how to do drugs there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially in some states more than others. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'm a big proponent. I don't, because my thing is like, we should evolve the system to either be neutral 
or cater to everyone. Yeah. Now, if you're going to allow a kid to go to school when he's 18, sign paperwork for a bunch of government back funding so he can go learn how to do drugs and party and do upside down fucking keg rolls and all kinds of fun shit. You should also be able just to sign a piece of paper. So I could have bought my house at 18 instead of 23. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this argument with your brother actually one time really years ago when he <laughs> well. was, he was on the boat about free tuition. And I said, well, since I never went to college, then if we're going to do this, then I feel that they should just give me a check. Mm-hmm. If we're going to give everyone a check, you should just give a check. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to give a you, check you, to you, pay back your tuition. Fine. Give me a check that could have went for tuition, but I chose not to use it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, that doesn't make sense. I was like, it makes perfect sense to me. Right. Like as a person who didn't go to any college, right. like, like I said, cater to everyone or blanket it and make it neutral. And mm-hmm. I feel the neutral is obviously the more reasonable way to do it. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a big concern of mine as my kids grow up. I haven't seen a lot, and I think it has a lot to do with our state and our area, especially we're on the eastern side of the state. We're outside of the blue belt a little bit. Mm. I haven't seen a lot. You know, I've, I've heard some rumors about some schools in like Longmont and stuff about, you know, the <sighs> gay pride story time yeah, type God, of weird, it, weird shenanigans. That has no business being in schools. Yeah, and there was a guy, I can't remember who said it. I think, it might have been Ron DeSantis, somebody... Somebody said it good, and uh, and uh, what I liked about it is I was like, this is another prime example of people who are real progressive think middle-class people are just dunces and we hate gay, lesbian, mm-hmm. whatever people. Right. And some guy was like, no, I don't want them teaching my kindergartner straight sex, gay sex, trans sex, no sex. I want them to learn how to write their name. Yeah, I want them to learn <laughs> how to write their name. I want to learn, make sure they know that they're ABCs. I want to know how they <laughs> exactly. learn... Uh, addition and subtraction uh <laughs> yeah and that and that's one of those like p- opinions that people have yeah. like like i said progressive people mm-hmm. they uh, yeah and the reason sexuality I s- has nothing to do with a kindergartner yeah I, and you don't need to push that on my kid either exactly man. Uh, i'll yeah <laughs> <laughs> try it try it see how far you get dude yeah no and that and that was that's a concern. I'll go to jail. I don't care. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not so concerned in our area about it. I mean, no, well, not here in this area. Yeah. No. You know, I feel like yeah. The you more might, you might be in a little more risk. You have <sighs> you have a college in your town. Yeah, there, <laughs> it's always a bad sign. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. So the girls that I got, they don't ever. I've never heard them. Well, well, I lie. So the oldest kid, she's got. She had one little friend. That, like a couple years ago, they were like in first grade. Oh boy. And she's like, my friend says she's a boy. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, she says she's transgender or something like that. And she's a boy. And I said, she's not a boy because she's a girl. And we're no longer friends now. And I'm like, well, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be friends with her. Well, <laughs> and then the, the one thing that I always try to tell people who are little progressive like that. It's like force will be met with force. So mm. you push too far right. and then somebody like me is going to push further back right. in a much cruder right. manner than I need to. Because like when we were kids, boys were boys, girls were girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Still that but way. now, <laughs> well, I mean, yes, well, it's, it's still I that know, way. It's, it's, no, no, no. But it's people still like that to think it's But I'm saying yeah, I can't. Yeah can't teach my kid that simple mm, right so now my kid runs around <laughs> i don't know if he runs around and says this i hope he doesn't he probably doesn't he's a good kid uh but if you go ask him are you uh 
how do you know you're a boy? He'll say, cause I have a pecker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I, have, I have to teach him like just crude responses like that yeah. because it's like, dude, I'm not going to get into this nuance of shenanigans yeah. because I don't buy into it. Simple. So it's like, <laughs> now my kid's going to run around with this blank, straight forward, more crude than it needs to be. Cause you can't just say a boy's a boy anymore. So yeah. now you're now his, his you're reference to boys, feelings. do you have a pecker or not? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a pecker. You're a girl right. <laughs> and babies only come from girls. Imagine right. that. Right. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's one of those things. One of those arguments that I think is funny with that one too, is like how like some of those people that are real progressive like that would be like, well, some women can't have babies. And it's like, Oh yeah, there's medical reasons for that. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean that they're potentially a guy. You know what right. I mean? Like, oh my god, it just drives me fucking nuts. Man. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. So <sighs> that's a concern I have. Mm-hmm. I guess we're both kind of in, on the fence because our kids aren't old enough quite yet. Yeah, I need to. I need to find someone that's got some high schoolers. Well, I see. I have my apprentice. His, his brother's still in high school too, and he he asked his brother. He's like, how many kids are like in that? letter people category you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and he's like dude there's like he's like a good 60 percent of the kids nowadays are gay straight or you know something. lesbian yeah something some fucking part of the alphabet that nobody cares about that they're you know it's like a cult you know and yeah yeah it's like how why it, i think it's it's cool to be weird like that now and it's fucking so bizarre to me that you got your ass kicked for some of those things back in my day you know what i mean like or not maybe not your ass kicked but you would have got made fun of pretty hard you know remember when and it's not fair to make fun of them you know for being different like that i get that but like remember when it's uh, remember when (laughs) it wasn't too long ago like like you're saying the big problem these days is it seems like for a kid to have any sort of uniqueness, they have to join this alphabet army. Right. It wasn't too long ago when to be unique, you just had to have long hair and a leather jacket, like some right, we yeah, know. and a, a heavy, heavy metal band T-shirt. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I know, I know a couple of those guys. Yeah, um, and that's all they had to do to be unique. Yeah. And now, what's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> now I want the I, I miss the old studded bracelets, dude, <laughs> and the giant three inch thick soles on your boots, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> being called a goth kid. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Now you have to join the alphabet army and that's a whole yeah. new thing. So yeah. Yeah. I guess we still have some things to look forward to as the kids get older. Yeah. So the next thing, I guess just the last thing <clears throat> you, you apparently are not a big Biden supporter. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, uh, do you have plans to vote in the next election? Oh, absolutely. So, I'm actually kind of torn, really. I was going to say. RFK so, Jr. and Trump, dude. I mean, I don't know who. I, I, I like both guys. I was going to say, give give your more deep opinion on who who you, obviously, we don't like Biden. Yeah. I don't think we need to go into. Yeah, there's not a whole of, lot of conversation yeah, there. <laughs> I think it's all pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, and, and the reasons why are probably obvious to the world, hopefully. Yeah, by now. I hope so. So, I like to ask people this question because- I want to hear the more, like, like I said, the, the, you'll get people that say just Trump 2024, fuck off, yeah, end right. of story. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I like Trump because of ABC, mm-hmm. and, but I like this other guy. So tell me, first question, if, it, if you were the only guy who got to vote, one and only, but you can pick any person that you know of for president, and, it, and whoever you pick is the guy. 
Who would that be? <sighs> okay, so I'm going to... Actually, do two. Do, I'm gonna, do I'm gonna, president and vice president. Okay, so here, here's my... Th- uh, I'm glad you said that because I was going to try to spin it on you a little bit because <laughs> if I could have my way and I... Not necessarily vote for who it is. If I could just pick yeah, just who it would. You yeah. get a mandate. Uh, yeah, it would be Trump as president and I would put RFK Jr. as vice president. I think that would be the most idealistic... Uh, whatever you'd call it, way to go about it, man. I think RFK's views, the fact that he even is now independent says a lot to me about the Democratic Party, you know? And you know what the most mind-blowing part about that whole thing when he decided to go independent was his family was like, Mm. shame on you. How dare you? Your father's rolling over in their grave. Are you fucking kidding me? I think he's he's embodying a little bit of what Trump got elected the first time is he's getting a lot of support based on anti-support. So like mm-hmm. a lot of people yeah, who absolutely. supported Trump, I, when Trump ran the first time, a lot of guys I talked to that were so were like, oh yeah, I like this guy. I was like, why do you like this guy? Because everyone else hates him. That's yeah. probably a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, well, think our, I, I mean, I, that's kind of how I feel. I think RFK is starting to get a little bit of that support. I know a lot of people who are voting for him. I, will t- I know a lot of people who are voting for RFK. I will tell you my only, my... my and they're dead set, dude. They're like, yeah, I like Trump, dude, but RFK's just got it going for me, man. I uh, Everything he says is true, you know, when it comes to like, I haven't so finished, certain vaccines. I haven't finished his book, but... I, I want to read that. I, I haven't got around to it. I don't read. I listen. So <laughs> I try to do a little yeah, bit. <laughs> I, I haven't read a book since like sixth grade, <laughs> but I've listened to a lot of audibles. Right. Um... I will say on his book, I've made it, it's like a 12 hour listen. Mm. I think I've made it like three hours in, four yeah, hours that's in. That's a long time. I will say if 10% of what he says in the first three hours are true, it's seriously concerning. Yeah. I don't care if the other 80% is bullshit. Yeah. But my problems with RFK and why I wouldn't pick him mm. without, I would have to talk to him because I do support basically all the main, th- I basically what I was saying. I support all the things for the reason, the, the, the things that people on his side or his former side don't like about him. Mm. I do really like his, uh, his, uh, openness and perspective on vaccines. And I, yeah. and I do, I think that's a huge topic. I do get annoyed when people are like, Oh, he's anti-vaccine. It's like, no, no. he's anti-vax. He's anti certain things in vaccines right. and, his and ep- not doing enough research on him. Either. Exactly. He, he did an episode with Rogan and he went into that and he was real thankful. Cause he was like, no one's ever let me talk this open about it for this long. Right. And he's like, it's, it's not, I learned so much about yeah, it, dude, it, where I was like, fuck, I vaccinated the shit out of my kid and I don't even know what the, I didn't even know what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was his thing. Is like, uh, I think it was like, uh, I don't know if it's chicken pox, but we'll just say mm-hmm. it was, he was like, it's not the chicken pox vaccine. It's this one thing they're putting in it. Yeah. To make it last longer, they should just take that thing out, reduce the shelf life, and it'd be a safe vaccine. But they're right. not doing that. So right. I'm not against the vaccine. I'm against this additive they're throwing into right. it. Um, uh, but what I'm I, against poisoning people. <laughs> what I what I don't like about him, and until I hear him start talking about it, and I hope he does sooner than later, mm-hmm. I don't think it'd be enough for me to quite win my my selective mm-hmm. if I had the power. Mm-hmm. But his stance on guns is not good. And he's got some stances on corporate and private companies that I'm not the hugest fan of. Mm. They're concerning, mm. but I think he's starting to kind of turn that corner. I th- I'm hoping now that he's just I, went independent. independent. Yeah, I, I think, think he's starting to. Well, I, I want him to go back on Rogan, and I want Rogan just to have the list and say, "Okay, dude, we, we, we did we the did. vaccine part. Let's let's talk about everything else. Let's talk about this gun thing mm. because some of the things you've said about guns are uh, 
concerning. Yeah, to I, say I, the least. I, well, I have to look that up because I haven't actually heard he, his he, stance. He, he's he's more or less about taking a lot of guns away from a lot of people mm. who shouldn't have them taken mm. away. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's a bummer. But it's like, is that a party narrative? And I now that he's so. not part of that party, he wants to change his mind. Right. But on the flip side of that, if you were to pair him, like you said, with Trump. You get that yin and yang effect where well, he, that's exactly why I, well, I would like that is yeah. the yin and yang effect. Yeah, I think I think, I think you would offset a lot of that. Oh yeah, um, and I think it just we'd flourish as a country if you had that yin and yang effect. As a, and that's the one thing I kind of hate is you know the Republican picking another Republican vice president. It's like, dude, why don't you pick someone from a different party mm-hmm. and let's come together, have a conversation. Yeah, we can agree to disagree, but you know, I think things would drastically change around here man. what i like about trump paired with rfk is i think trump being the business person mm-hmm. he would be better to say look the gun things aren't a problem but we both agree this vaccine is a problem so this is what we're going to work on yeah we're going to figure this out we're not talking about the gun mm-hmm. thing yeah. that's a that's not the a, guns are off the table it's a non-issue yeah so we'll work on this thing right i've heard a couple of people talk about how uh trump has two options to go for vice president mm. he can either pick so the first time he picked the Mike Pence because he was he was trying to pick... What a worm that guy turned out, huh? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, man. He he picked a guy to pick up a group of people he didn't have their support. Yeah. So the the idea is now he, he doesn't need to pick up support because he's kind of getting support for him because a lot of people are getting a double dose of that effect of, I don't like Trump, but this like court cases and all this shit they're doing is pushing the line way too far. And now they're kind of making me support him out of spite. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, He's already God. picking up a lot of traction there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, there's the woman votes. Everyone's like, you pick a woman. And everyone's like, Nikki Haley. And I was like, please, God, no. Not her, dude. Yeah. Not her. We don't need 10 more worries. I think it'd be a shorter <sighs> yeah, list of dude, what countries right? she doesn't want to bomb. Yeah. But <laughs> the the idea is, and I think Vivek was actually saying this, is Trump, I do like him too. Trump needs to pick a guy. He's growing on me. Yeah. Trump needs to pick a guy that can be his uh, translator, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like a guy who can do things. Right. Or uh, I think he said, Vivek said, like Vivek said, if he were to win, he would want to pick one of two guys. You either need to pick a guy that's smarter than you in all the areas you're not, Mm -hmm. or you need to pick an executor. So you can say, this is my idea. Go make it happen. Right. This is what I, this is the result I want. You go do the thing. Right. And he was saying he feels that's what Trump, if Trump were to pick, he needs to pick one of those type of people. Like, Absolutely. You don't need to pick a, a middle ground or a neutral person to pick up some support. You need to find, and that I think he might have mentioned RFK too, or maybe, maybe it was Patrick Bet David mm-hmm. that said it. But he was like, RFK would be a great, great. executor because mm-hmm. Trump could say, hey, you got the vaccine thing. Go fix it. Yeah. I'm going to work on this, you know, foreign policy because that's my thing. Mm. And that's what he was saying is Trump need, might need a, an executor, a, a C, a COO where it's like, Here, yeah. here's my vision, go do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I think that's what Vivek said. If he were to win, that's what he would go for too. Is well, someone who's smarter than him on some certain areas or someone he knows that'll make shit happen. Right. And that's so, what we need. Yeah. And yeah. and I agree with that. We need, we could, yeah. That's so exactly if you could... So Trump RFK is your current. Mm-hmm. If you if you yeah. got to wave, wave the magic yeah, wand, yeah. But if 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 it was Trump and uh, Ramasan, uh, Vivek, yeah, Vivek, yeah, I can't even. It's yeah. Vivek like cake, right? Yeah, Vivek <laughs> like cake. Yeah. yeah, if it was him too, I wouldn't be sad about that either. I think that'd be a because I think he would do that. What you were just saying for Trump as well. I don't think. 
I think Vivek's ba- banking on two options, honestly. Winning or being vice president? No. Oh. Some people think he is. I don't. I think that's what he's banking on. I don't think he is. I think that's like the third. It's an option, but it's not my option for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I think Vivek is banking on Trump getting somehow not being allowed to run. Not because of his own doing, but just because that's how the system works against him. Right. So then he's saying, I'll be the guy running, and then in that case, I'll win. Or he's banking on Trump will run, Trump will win. I've made him a name for myself, mm-hmm. and I'm 38 years old. Right. Um, all these 30-year-olds sitting around on Garage Shop podcast talking about me, they're <laughs> going to remember me in four years when I run again. Right. Or in 10 years well, when that I run too. again. Right. And I think he's like, this is an investment I'm willing to make now mm-hmm. for millions of dollars because then I could, the long be, term I could be president in 10 years. I mean, maybe even, because it always goes back and forth. Maybe Trump takes four, then another Democrat, unfortunately, takes four or eight, and then he yeah. comes back in and saves the day, you know, 15 years from now. And even 15 years from now, he'll only be, what, 54? Right. <laughs> he'll still be half the age of half our politicians. Right. So right. I think I think he's right. going with one of those options. I don't think he's interested in VP. Really? He might be interested in... Uh, a lot of people have been saying this on the big podcast, like a cabinet, more like a mm. secretary of energy type of shit. Mm. That wouldn't be bad yeah, too. Because I mean, he's I'd, huge on nuclear. Oh, really? Yeah. He's, his, well, his, sign his, him up. Yeah. <laughs> his slogan was drill, baby, drill, yeah. and build nuclear. Fuck yeah. You don't not do one or the other. You do both. Both. And do all the solar and shit you want, but no more government funding. It'll mm. have to stand on its own. Right. Because that's the other thing people forget, back to the solar and mm. wind power thing. Mm. Shit wouldn't be here without our tax money. Right. It hasn't been profitable. It's not cheap enough to do. Um, if they weren't getting all the tax breaks and free money from the government, it, mm. it wouldn't be profitable enough on its own that companies would do it. Right. Um, as, a, as a business owner, you're not going to crunch those numbers and go, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, if you could also wave another magic wand, who is one, the one person, if you could fire him right now, who would it be? The one person. You I only get to fire, fire one, though. You gotta be like, careful that's with so that. So tough. That is so tough. You know, because I initially want to be like Biden right away. Yeah. You know, but then it's like, well, who comes in after that? <laughs> exactly. That crazy lady who yep. can't form a sentence, and she's younger than the fucking guy <laughs> who really can't form a sentence. You know, yeah, um, but she can't form a sentence due to low IQ. Not, not <laughs> yeah, due she's to just dementia. retarded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man, that is so tough. Oh my god. Shit, I don't honestly know, man. That is, I. Who would you? Polis. Oh, well, oh, if, you, if you're going that route, then yeah, him for well, sure. He, he's, he's a politician. A and to go back to what I was saying earlier, somebody who's actually affected my life directly, mm. he ruined a lot of oil and gas yeah, work potential. Yeah, yeah. He has yeah. been hell on the trucking industry. Mm-hmm. The state patrol in Colorado mm-hmm. is the worst in the country yeah, to I was deal thinking with. bigger politics, not yeah. in house. Yeah. No, that's selfishly me because no, honestly, like no, you that said, makes sense. Like you said, knee jerk is Biden, but then you got to deal yeah. with Kamala and you yeah. only get to fire one. So you're yeah. like, well, fuck. I mean, maybe if there was only like a month to go. Well, if I'd I could fire. really have my way, I'd fire, fire Kamala, let Joe Biden die, and then let that new guy who's <laughs> House of Speaker fucking come in. And, <sighs> but I don't really like him either. I, I, I well, actually, I guess. We do have a Speaker of the House, so that would be okay. But there was a concern where when we didn't have the Speaker after he got fired, mm-hmm. there was a concern that if both Kamala and Biden like died in a plane crash, you have to go to like the fourth or fifth person, which is like this crazy Democrat lady from San Francisco. Oh, really? <laughs> so everyone like- Oh, my God. There was, there was a podcast. We I don't listened. need anyone from San Francisco anywhere. <laughs> yeah. There was a podcast I listened to where they were like, 
super excited that the that that dude got fired because he wasn't doing his job. Yeah. And they were super excited that Matt Gates of all people is the one to do it because he's probably the most honest politician we have right now. Yeah, that's a thing. And uh but they were like it's kind of great not seeing a speaker of the house because they can't do anything. They can't spend our money. They can't start wars. Literally can't do shit. It's kind of good. Right. But then someone's like, well, who's president if the other two die in a plane crash? And then they like, we're looking it up like, Oh, Oh shit. We're, we're This is fun, but we are gambling right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, because of that, because of, you can't fire Biden because you get Kamala and mm-hmm. there's too much time left that Kamala could probably do some damage. Right. Oh, she's, she um, would be a nightmare. You can't fire them both. Um, there's Isn't no it amazing that he chose her. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. <sighs> Black lady. <sighs> well, I mean, yeah, I t- mean, I two boxes that, at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's also why they're trying to figure out how to push Newsom in because yeah, I know they're really they're, trying hard. I for think that, there's a, the black guy from California, Larry Elder said, Unfortunately, Kamala has so much support from basically people who say the same skin color as her, and that's the only reason why is 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 unfortunate. But does she though? He thinks they do, and that's her. Maybe con- just in California. <laughs> well, and his concern is he's well, a, he's a Republican. He's the one who almost stole California from Newsom when Newsom got recalled. Really? Um, he even ran for like two weeks, but. Mm. Wow. He was, wow. Uh, he's a pretty smart dude. Um, I, I like listening to him. They had him on like, not their new show. It's like their culture war show, which is more of a Joe Rogan style. Um, but he was like, if you get rid of Kamala, you, you lose the black vote and Democrats aren't really willing to do that. So they also don't want to make her president. So they're like, they, he's not convinced they'll push Newsom, but I'm like, mm. Mm. there's, there's other scenarios where they might get, they're, I they're, just don't know who they're going to pick. What they're thinking what the guy I listened to, he his thought is somehow, some way, Biden's out. Kamala steps up for like the last month, and then she goes, "Look, I don't want to run a campaign. Me and my family have talked about it. It's just not in the cards right now, so I'm stepping away." Will everybody please give a round of applause for Governor Newsom, who's willing to step up to the plate and run last minute, mm-hmm. which isn't really last minute because he's already flying around the country like he is running. I know. And uh, but anyway, back to why I'd fire polis yeah. just because. All the big politicians won't change my life. That mm-hmm. is one thing mm-hmm. I could do that'll make my personal life yeah, better. That's a good. That's Unfortunately, a good it won't do anything for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's a big thing for me. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's who fair. I. That's why I'd fire. Well, I'll 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 sign that off on that with you because that'd be actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I can't stand I, that. I guy. think our state would severely improve. Oh, drastically. I mean, he's already when we did the oil setbacks well, and voted out some of these Californians. Out yeah. Here. <laughs> oh yeah. He when we did the votes on the oil and gas setbacks, we voted him down. He called a special session to try to do it on his own. Mm-hmm. We just voted down the where they were trying to trade a little sliver of property tax for our fucking sales tax refunds and uh, our Tabor taxes. We voted that down wisely, but now he called a special session in mm-hmm. to address property taxes. It's like, you really mean you want to try to figure out another way to steal our Tabor refunds? Right. Um, so, yeah, that's just one guy I know would make my life better mm-hmm. immediately. So yeah, that's fair. That's a he's who I'd fire. If I could wave my wand right now, though, I would go Vivek because, I mean, I know he has a colored past with the pharmaceuticals and some of his college stuff, but I'm like, he says a lot of shit I like, and he just doesn't strike me as a liar. And right. I, and I listened to the last debate, and boy, when he called out, he uh, called out oh my everyone. God. Yeah, he did. 
I like that. That's that's what kind of made me turn the tide with him a little bit. Because at first I was like, this guy's full of shit, man. This guy, yeah, he kind of reminds me of Obama, just yeah. on the Republican that's Party. What a lot of people, you know, and, and I was like, eh, fuck this guy. Because he did that whole funny last name thing, so everybody, mm, was yeah, like, oh, well, here we go, Obama. Right. Well, and that's what I really yeah. felt that way, yeah. you know. And then when he started calling people out like that, like. Out in the open, it was like, oh, shit, he ain't playing around. Yeah, he, I don't think. he opened up the debate with calling out the debate narrator. Yeah, yeah. well, he had a good point. Why is a bunch of Democrat people running the Republican debate? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this? I mean, well, I get it to a degree, but come on now. I, I just liked when he's like, we could go on Joe Rogan and have 10 times the viewers. I don't know why we're here. <laughs> right. I was like, burn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's just young. My biggest yeah. Well, and my, I like that too. My biggest issue with politicians like is they're all too old. Agreed. But uh, I think that's the biggest problem is they're all too old and we're He would be yeah. so he would be my presidential wand wave. Mm-hmm. My vice president, that's a hard one because it is tough. RFK maybe like surgeon general or something. That would be know, a good that good cabinet role for position him, for, for sure. Him. For sure. Vice president though, yeah. Like even I would even pick Vivek over Trump if it was my choice personally. Wow. Um I like Trump for a lot of the reasons, but there's a lot of reasons. There's a handful of reasons. That yeah. He turns me y- off. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I could agree with that. But as vice president, that's a hard one. Cause I kind of like some people that aren't even in this sphere. Like I could see like a, I just want like a brute force asshole. Like the Yang to Vivek's a smooth talker. Mm. He's very smart as a vice president. I think I just want a blunt asshole. Like, Put fucking like David Goggins in there. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, or like a Jocko Willink, oh, like shit. one of those real hard ass military dudes. Um, well, what do you think about when they, they they bring up um what's his name Tucker Carlson? Not a fan. That actually what? turned me off even more. Trump because really not that I I love Tucker. Carlson. I don't mind a lot of things he says. There's some things he says where I'm like sometimes whoa. he's silly. Yeah. I'm like whoa, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you still sound like you're in your fucking deadhead days. Yeah. <laughs> Some of that is like, eh. But what turned me off is I was just like, now we got two celebrities running our country. Uh, like, Well, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't want them paired up with Trump. That's yeah, for sure. I I'm, don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It just, it, my immediate gut wrench thought was just like, this is a clown show. <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. We have, we have two TV but what celebrities. If, but what about Tucker by himself? Like Tucker was some vice president. What would you think about? That? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just don't, for debates. Yeah. I don't listen to Tucker a lot, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't either. But sometimes I do listen to him, and I just I guess ooh, I just like. When I just realized how my people. VP pick would oh, be. Oh, Phil Labonte. He's the lead singer of All That Remains. Oh, okay. he's super hardcore anti-communist, and he's oh, yeah? fucking. He he goes on some rants. I, really, I, I really enjoy. I'll have to listen to him. Yeah, he goes on a podcast called Timcast. I listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. He's like special guest, pretty couple times a week on there, and he's really? he's on one. I like him. <laughs> he's like anything even remotely communist. He's like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like yeah, that's my guy. So yeah, I, I'd go with him for VP because he's also really fucking smart. Really? Yeah. He, no shit. Yeah. Well, and he's he didn't he was a military guy for a little while. Yeah. Um. He's like he he says it. He's like I didn't do nothing. There's nothing exciting about my military career. It was short and sweet, but he's, you know, yeah, he, he started all that remains because he got kicked out of another band and because he was tired of other bands telling him like, 
you know, we don't like the politi- political stuff. Yeah. He's like, well, this is me, so fuck off. Right. And Good. Good he, for him. He was actually going to go with another band. He was actually supposed to be the lead singer of Five Finger Death Punch. Really? Yeah, but he was going to go with another band. So he started All That Remains just in case. And then he was like, you know what? I just like the idea of being in charge of my own fucking show. So we're just going to put all the eggs over with All That Remains. <laughs> so No kidding. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a fan. Yeah. So he'd be my VP pick. That's cool. Yep. I like that. I like that. I think that's what we we, we need to start doing more often. I guess that goes against voting in two celebrities. Typical. <laughs> well, well, I guess it's only yeah, one. He's Vivek. a musician. <laughs> yeah, Vivek's not a celebrity. Right. I think that's what we need to start doing, though, is voting in people who aren't oh, yeah. lifelong politicians. I think we need to stop looking at these fucking people who are politicians. Anyone who wants to be in power shouldn't be in power, man. Like, I think people who don't want to be in power is the people we should just push in there, like, fucking get in there. You're going to do great, you know? Well, just to relate it to normal people, I always phrase it as no matter what job you've had, whether it's a trades job, truck driving, working at McDonald's, who's always the best supervisor or manager? It's the guy that came up with you. Mm-hmm. It's the guy that, you know, done the same thing. It's mm-hmm. the guy that got promoted based on merits. Mm-hmm. It's not the dude who came in straight out of college because he had a degree right. and just got to run the show right. because he had a piece of paper. And now he's in charge of guys who've been doing his job for five those years. Those are the biggest problems I have with and people like that at work. Those are politicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got a guy right now, dude. It's like, dude. <laughs> It happens everywhere. And I said, that's why he I gets say more talking done than he does work, dude. Cause he is literally a politician. That's what I tell people all the time mm-hmm. is it's like, that's, that's the easiest way to think of it. Whether that's you the work at guy you need in charge. Yeah. If you work at McDonald's or you work building fucking skyscrapers, mm-hmm. the worst supervisor you can have is someone who's a supervisor because they have supervisor paper. Yeah. They have a degree mm-hmm. or they have a friend. Mm. that's politicians we don't need a president because he's a politician right we want a president because he's the best guy for the job right same thing you'd want out of a foreman absolutely you want the guy who's like been at the company for a while you want the guy who's done the job Mm. same job he's in charge of you don't want the guy who's like oh i just got my business management degree so now i'm a project manager it's like no i want the dude who's helped dig holes for fucking five years he he knows the problems Mm -hmm. he like yeah yeah. That's that's an easy way to relate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I guess we hit quite a few subjects. I think we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. You got anything else you want to drop before uh, we end this? No. no? I, I liked it. I yeah. thought it was fun. It was cool. It's usually fun. I'm a first timer, so yeah, I always take it easy on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people you got to do a couple. Yeah. And that that's awesome. I was definitely nervous. Yeah. But I did. The beer helped for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loosen the lips a little. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I always tell people it's always do two because it can, the first one's a little clunky and then mm-hmm. the next one you're like, all right. Yeah. And then, and then it's also helps because you can be like, oh, like it's also weird because you're going to, I'm sure you're going to listen to this. You're going to hear oh, yourself. Yeah. And oh, I'm like, like you sound like <laughs> such an idiot. I already know there's a couple parts where I remember I'm like, oh, you fucking retard. Exactly. <laughs> but then they come in the next time and you're like, oh, I wanted to talk about this or I forgot to say this about that. Yeah. And yeah. Definitely. It, it gets better with time. Yeah. We'll definitely have to do it again. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I do it the same. I'll have to get your brother on here one day if I can ever oh, get him God. to keep his shit together. <laughs> He'd be interesting to have on here. Yeah, he might piss off a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's good though. That's what I like about him. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know how friendly he is with me because we haven't talked in quite a while. Oh, I think he. I I told him uh, last night because la- that's that's why I couldn't do it yesterday is because last night was his uh, daughter's first uh, oh. first birthday or whatever and. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with Albert and do his podcast tomorrow. He's like, are you really? I was, I was like, I'll have to listen to it. That's cool. Good. I was like, yeah, you should. I've been telling him to listen to it for a while when you and John started. And 
He's like, yeah, I'll check it out. But you know him. He's. I'd rather play my video games. And he should listen. He's been ass. referenced a fucking couple dozen times. I know he has. <laughs> I know he has. And that's why it makes me yeah. laugh. Yeah. yeah. He's been referenced a few dozen times. <laughs> Same with Curtis. Curtis yeah. listens, though, so he knows. Right, right. He's like, you were talking about me, weren't you? I was like, yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up and let you get out of here, get back right to on, the rest man. of your weekend. And Sounds good. I th- All right. All right, man. See you later. Later. Later.